This is Defiant Wrestling's James R. Kennedy, top class, middle initial, bottom line, and you're listening to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Podcast. Hello. So much as you're joining as always by my friend and co-host Paul Brown. Hello again. And Brian's here. Hello. Brian, Hello. Brian will probably be chipping in every now and then. Hello What's Brian. I'm, doing when I, I'm here, I chip in. Yes. For Cobbley. <laughs> <laughs> I brought you cola. You did. You didn't bring anything for me. I brought some saucers for us to share. I I had I had a, a packet of crisps from childhood the other day and I was mildly disappointed by them. Oh. Spicy bakers. Yeah, it wasn't the flavour though. We seemed crunchier than we used to. I get the I get the complaint. You know, when yeah. I was sitting there, I, and I was like, I got it with bakers. They used to be. That was it. Bakers. That's what I mean. Yeah. What did I say? I said spicy bakers. Do you not say spicy onion rings? No, I said bakers. <laughs> I'm just sitting yeah. back and letting you have this argument. I don't even. I don't really. I'm not really a Chris guy. Ah, well, like, so I'm just you remember bikers, like, right? And they were like, they were like Johnny's onion rings, you know, like baked, that yeah. melting your tongue kind of skippy esque kind of way. But then they sort of getting more of the texture of fried. Aye, and then they're shite. Aye. <laughs> Basically. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, they're shite now. Because I bought them and I ate like about half the packet and then I went, I don't want these anymore. Threw them in my bag and opened a pack of Tangy Toms, and then I was like, yay! <laughs> that was right. Yeah, no. You know a fan of Tangy Toms? No, they lost their appeal of the tang for me. They're one that... <laughs> lost the appeal of the tang. Well, like you said, a childhood crisp. <laughs> that was... That has changed. Uh, these are the kind of discussions we have before we start recording, and now we're having them on air. We were talking about tea cakes and wagon wheels before we started... Well, I, I will, I will, I will happily help us tail into the show by recounting my funny little tale from this morning. Obviously, I thought we were going to talk. I was actually leaning in onto the line because I'm interested to see what other people. Oh well, you're interested to see who who favours jam and who favours just marrow. Yes, because you kindly offer me tell us people. You kindly offer me a wagon wheel that's in the red pack, which is the plain chocolate and marrow, and I happily took it because I'm not. Yeah, oh, again, I'm not. Inconsiderate if you offer me something I will say thank you. I'm not trying to seem rude. But I then pointed out I like prefer the kind that come in the blue packet. With, so with so if I randomly ran up and childly, childishly kicked you in the shin, you'd say thank you. <laughs> well no, you're not really offering me anything. You're just ah, you're just physically assaulting you. You're just physically assaulting me. You're if you welcome me in and offer me a biscuit or a cake like a wagging wheel, I will happily what take if it. I offered you the biscuit and then kicked you in the shin. I would say, I would throw the biscuit back at you and hit you in the head. Uh, and what if we were offered a biscuit of greater disappointment, like a, a Garibaldi or something? What is a Garibaldi? I don't even know what a Garibaldi is. Uh, I'm not quite sure either. Well, why did I you bring it up then? <laughs> I would, then I would be confused if I was offered that, because I'd look at it right, and think, right. what the fuck is this I've been offered? I've got one for you. Alright. Right. As I mentioned before we started, uh-huh. dark chocolate tea cake... A regular tea cake. 
And you say yourself you have never actually, you don't believe you've had a dark chocolate tea cake? Not to my recollection. They, are, they are very nice ones. They are. I can imagine now. But I could not pick between the two. Mm. I feel like, I don't know if it's just a, like one of the brain things you get. I think I had one of them too. Aye, but I think the mala seems different. No, no. Texturally. I was just thinking there, would a dark chocolate mint tea cake work? Oh... The best of afternoons. Now you see, now, yes, now, yes. now, you're, now you're, you're getting into territory here that we all quite agree with. Uh, you no, see, we'll, we'll send that on to Tunnocks. Aye. See, I love an after date me still, you know. Uh, screw, screw getting booze to sponsor the show Tunnocks. I mean, they sponsor the fucking football now. Excuse me, really? but he is minted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pants. Would you like to hear my funny retail for this morning? I'd actually like to talk more about confection, but yeah, we'll come. We'll, we'll go back to it. We'll go back to confection because it doesn't take very long. <laughs> you know how, like, when you're putting your bins out in the morning, uh-huh. a lot of people do the sensible thing, like they put it out in the evening before. But some people think, oh, I've got the time, I can put it out in the morning. I put my I put mine it's full. Ah, well, mine's was full. I just sometimes I can't be asked putting it out on a Thursday night, so you know, some people are like that, but. This morning, I woke up, and I woke up around about seven, right? And I thought to myself, I've got a good hour yet, I can, I can relax. And then I made the mistake of starting to look at my phone. And you know how quick time passes when you're sitting gawking at your phone? Yeah. I'm sitting there. Well, I'm, I'm lying there in my shorts, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my phone, and I hear the fucking bin... Maury, <laughs> like about like two two closes down or like just a bit down the street and I was like, Ah oh, shite, ah oh, shite, the fucking bins here. So there's me in the morning running about, pull the German shirt on, pull the scarfy jeans on, pull the boots on, don't even bother to fasten them. Just pull them on and like, right, bins going out and I ran down the stair, holding the shirt shut, walking funny because my trousers were falling down. Mm-hmm. We one hung on the bin going, just like that. Yeah, I've got to get the bin out. Effects. I've got to get the bin out. And I got it out. And then I stopped. I went, I have put out my bin. Now I'm going to button my shirt. You, you, the you, end. You, 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 you're right. All I'm picturing, I don't know if you remember, now the scene in The Simpsons where Homer's chasing after the garbage bin. Like, stop, I have garbage. <laughs> that was very nearly a Paul situation. Nearly, nearly. Yeah. nearly. I was, I was a couple of seconds before the whole situation. Yeah. I mean, if they started pulling away and before you go, how good is your aid? Could you, could you have been able to lob the? Oh, no, no, not, not good enough. Same. As it, had I missed it, I would have just kind of wandered back to my house, muttering very, very bitterly to myself, going, "Fucking stupid bastard!" No, the bin men. Like oh. Like, uh, no, he'd have been bloody finger wagging, like, you know, which would have went and got a retort for me of probably, I'll shut it. Because I told him on Sunday, make sure it was at Thursday night and any extra bags down on Friday. Piss off. Tut, 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 tut to you, I saw Paul. the radio now. <laughs> it, was all, it was all this morning and the extra bags got put in it once I brought it back in. <laughs> so it's full again. Aye, it's well full. But the kitchen's clean. Well, now you know. Being of referencing things from other pop culture things, uh, that doesn't sound like a proper sentence. That thing I'll, all right, I'll help you here, right? See but, before, oh. see before Iron Brew went 
shite and shame on you, bar. But see, before Iron Brew went shite and lustily store bought, like store brand Iron Brew went shite. Uh-huh. Middle Brew. Why is that still got the shoe? Oh, Asda Brew. Because, like, both of companies used to do a pretty good copy of Iron Brew, I thought. You know, personal opinion. No, you know. say Brian is not Brian's shaking his head in disagreement. I, I used to think both of companies did a pretty decent brew. Uh-huh. Like, as opposed, like, aside from your regular brew. And I was wondering, who, which one would you prefer? Mm-hmm. You know? Much like I think the advertising slogan once said, there's no substitute. Yeah. I'd happily take one now. Well, oh, actually, no, yes. <laughs> can I just say, we're, we're from the subject of brew. Have you tried that new thing they were adding, Iron Brew Energy? I will try that. Uh, because it's absolutely tr- horrible. I tried, the, I tried it the other day. I mean, fuck me. Uh, it's a bit, it's the weirdest taste. It's not yeah. even a good taste. Like, you see on the side, you see the sugar percentage on the side of it? So you know what it tastes like? If you took an original can of iron brew, right? And poured some Red Bull into it. I was gonna say if you poured some monster into it, because I've seen some of the ingredients on the side you like uh, look, they look like similar ingredients that you would see on the yeah. side kit they have a monster can. So I've been I've been hearing a lot recently in regards to your sugar and juice and all that thing. Uh-huh. And like so much of the American branded juice is getting brought out here now. Oh, yeah, I have uh-huh. noticed that. For like and I'm not just talking in big like American sweetie shops. Sorry, the corner shops. Corner shops and some of the branded stores are getting in American style yeah. juice. And the difference being, uh, you know, like an out a UK based drinks it's sugar. Yeah. And it, an American based drinks it's fructose syrup, like fructose corn syrup kind of stuff. I mean, I don't want to offend any American listeners because we have quite a few actually. But like you notice. Like we have a similar problems, but you see the size of certain Americans, like, like the there's a reason some there's reasons for that. And I think it's the amount of that that they have and well, the like they say, and I, it's one of the things I'm sure I read it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like they say that the amount of sugar in a person's diet isn't the be all and end all of their actual bulk. Well, yeah, of course, know? like others. No, they still say it's exercise that is the determining factor. Aye, like. Mm-hmm. You could you could be you could eat a lot of shite as long as you burn that off. Yeah. You know, through work or through exercise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Generally you're alright. Yeah. You know? so there, was a, there was a study I read about where a guy actually went and lived he went and done the reverse of that fuck nugget Morgan Spurlock. Aye, the super size me guy. Aye. He ate a diet of nothing but junk food, right? Aye. But he worked out. Mm-hmm. He went and worked out, like, had a good workout regime, went swimming, did this, did that. And do you know how the course he actually lost weight? He did, because all that fucking dickhole did was gorge himself on junk food and lie about. Mm-hmm. What the hell did he expect was going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, if you gorge yourself on anything, junk food aside, if you, if you have a poor diet and you don't do nothing, it's going to come back and kick you in the nuts. Yeah, but one never got up with that suicide me is the whole thing, oh, he's eating it for every meal. But, like, even though people are going to more regularly, they may go, like, once or twice a day in some cases. How often do you hear about them having the only meal they have every day is a McDonald's? Like, it's very rare. You're just taking, like, even though there was an issue of a lot of people going to McDonald's, he's just overdoing that and just he's causing more damage to himself than anything else. This is my opinion. But I mean, I think I think my 
McDonald's is maybe once once or twice every couple of weeks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like we we sometimes go to McDonald's and sometimes uh-huh. I take same to McDonald's if I'm in quite might be in a shopping, but it's never a regular thing. Used to be an every week thing for me, but now I'm lucky if it's once a month. You know, uh, I've, I've stopped going to McDonald's more regularly than... Well, when I do get McDonald's, it's usually I've ordered one from home via Uber Eats. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's... It's not like it... It's a ba- it'd be a bad thing if you were obs- so obsessed with junk food and like McDonald's, Burger King, but don't, let's just no single McDonald's yeah, on this one. But it'd be a bad thing if that was your be all and end all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I have to go and get a bu- or I have to go get fucking KFC or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? Aye. But you can't, you can't eat cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it can be addicting though mm-hmm. in some aspects. Like, but so so can so can food you cook yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite hooked on uh, pesto. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, I was actually telling somebody in work today, or the other day, should I say, that cooking meals should be a, a class in school. I mean, yeah. how many, how what percentage of pupils are going to ever uh, use trigonometry? Uh, I mean, they do uh, do. I mean, oh, sorry. A home ec. Yeah, like they do. Yeah, I you cook a few cakes, but you don't learn how I, to cook. I, I, I learned how to make Cullen skink, or whatever the fuck you called it, that Scottish thing. I was going to say, I need to kind of side more so with Brian us, because I took uh, or food tech, as we called it in my school. <laughs> food tech. And, like, half the time, half the shit we'd be learning making, like, when am I ever going to make this? I've never had this in my usual yeah. life. We got taught to make risotto. I don't fucking want to make risotto. He makes a good risotto. I've never made a risotto. Like, <laughs> I, never, I never thought, I never thought, like, I'm going to need did... this in later life. I need to learn. Nobody's going to hang about with me if I don't know how to make a good result. Are you sure you never made one of them? I've Did never... you not make something with fucking rice? That wasn't a curry or something? No. Not that I know of. God's sake. Welcome to the latest edition of What Did We Have For Dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Earlier on, we had what I'd describe as a stepbrother's moment and that we discovered yet another thing that we both like and just means yeah. we have that scene. They were like, do we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> I've only seen that film. Which film be this? Step, Step Brothers. Brothers. The Will Ferrell, John C. Riley film. Pass. I think I might have seen a... You showed me the bloody thing. No. Do you know, I got you've got no memory or nothing else. I'm just imagining <laughs> this shit. But I'm sure you showed me. Because I remember I've seen it and it wasn't my choice to see it. I've not seen it. Hmm. But but... I, w- I watched Kill Bill the other day. One and two. Good movies. Damn scary. But what was the thing, Paul, that we discovered that we both like? Jammy, we jammy mala tea cakes. Yes. They were nice. Better than regular tea cakes, I think. I'll happily have a regular tea cake. I, I'd have to disagree with you there, Scott. Oh, do you never disagree I do, I do, I do love me wee jammy mala tea cakes, but they only beat... And even a dark chocolate one only beat a regular wee tea cake. My issue with most uh, jammy tea cakes is they don't even put that much jam in them. Well, you need to get, like, you want your mala and your biscuit and your chocolate, you just want a wee dodder jam. Yeah, I know, but like... Dod. Love that term, it's so Scottish. Like, they only... Dod. Like, <laughs> they, they advertise... They show a picture of oh. it on the packet, usually, and the picture of it has more jam than the actual bit, actual tea cake yeah. when you're eating it. It does, but I just had another brainwave there. Oh. Now you were going on about the dark first... chocolate tea cake, and yeah, you were but... going on about jammy. Blackcurrant jam... A blackcurrant jam tea cake. Aye. That'd be intensely interesting. 
We're coming up with all sorts of weird ideas on this. Uh, yeah. Well, near the other day, or I think it's pretty sure it was the last episode actually. Uh, yeah, I talked about how I'd went to that engagement party and got this big bag of sweeties in. I'd he crushed... got rat arsed. <laughs> Not as much as fucking Stevie the groom did. But... That's how he couldn't do the show all the week. I was a bit rough. But I squashed, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how I squashed my coconut like tea cake and there was coconut cream all over my sweeties. And you said I basically came up with like new like uh-huh. combinations. I started doing that during the week. which I had some weird combinations which I had a... If I was stoned, I'd imagine I'd loved even more. Right, see, what, what I say is to him, right, he, he done the thing where he got his, what I assume was a doggy bag for the... Well, if, you, if that's one way to say it, it's just a wee bag. Uh, a wee bag of crap he took for the, for the buffet, right, the sweet stuff. <laughs> and he managed to squash his tea cake and it, the cream got all the sweeties. And I, I didn't realise until the next day. I say to him, see if you were high, you would have loved that. Cream covered sweeties. Man. So I did, I, had a, I was having a roll, I think, uh, I think like, it was... Tea cake cream. Either that or you'd be that stoned, you'd go, oh, there's cream on my sweeties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Well, the one thing I tried during really, is I was having this roll. I can't remember. I know there was cheese in there. I think there was a chicken on it. But I had some mozzarella sticks with me. And I just thought, I'd say, well, I just grabbed one of my mozzarella sticks and just put that on the roll and started squashing it down. And it was actually pretty nice. And I got gained some skittles. I've got an ashtray here. While I was eating a uh, chocolate muffin, and I opened the chocolate muffin half and started putting Skittles in my Skittles muffin. Skittles with a chocolate. Are you sure you were only high? <laughs> no. Yeah, that sounds very high. <laughs> and you always how we paused there and went, no. I know, I don't I'm know why sure. I didn't pause. Like, I was there, I know I wasn't high. I mean, I, I seem to be one of the few people in my close who doesn't get high, so there's a chance I was contact high, and that's how I came up with the idea. I would feel that be merry a bastard. Like, see being one of the few people in your land and in your coast that doesn't get high. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're a bastard because you, because you don't, mm-hmm. you'd smell it a lot more. Oh, we, we do. Like, when the window's you know open, I mean? like, every now and then, you get a whiff, like, oh, they're at it again. No, but, like, <laughs> when, when you're a smoker, as, as yourself and me, you, know, you don't, generally, unless you're outside and you do that dog thing. <laughs> what, what's the dog thing? Oh, the, oh, you don't know the dog thing. Well, when you're walking along the road, right, and you, you get a whiff of it, Right. You do that, that, like, you know, like what fucking meerkats? Right. And immediately your nose tries to find the source. <laughs> and then immediately, once you, you find the source, your mind goes, they I know them and they're decent enough to give me a wee bit. Basically, you become a weed sniffing dog. Oh, yeah. oh you're, you're a drug You're a drug dog. <laughs> okay, see. But, oh. No, oh, well, no. I was, I was going to quickly get my my rant out because it's only a small one and I wanted to get I was interested to get your and Brian's opinion on it I was going to ask if you wanted to do your rant first because I was saying about maybe doing Treasure because we watched it right. sat down we watched it before and I was going to say if you wanted to do that while it was fresh and more well, we'll do times a, or do you want and then we'll do, do an episode okay if it's only a short one it's then only a short one but and this is a couple of weeks old now right I was meaning to mention it the other week but we didn't get a show last week so no we did last week no like it, like All right, yeah. you know but I was reading the paper, uh-huh. and there was a story of a boy that had got his tongue stuck in a water bottle, right? And he he could have lost his tongue, he could have had a heart attack or some kind of... Is it in a hot water bottle or just a regular no, water like one, plastic one, bottle? No, like one of these sports uh-huh. bottles, right? Who? Well, see, let me, let me finish the story I'll tell you, right? I have so many questions. The boy got his fucking tongue stuck in it, right? 
and it was in the paper, and like, oh, he could have died, he could have lost his tongue, blah, 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 right, and they were going on, right? And I, you know what, why sometimes you're reading the paper on the bus, and you you, you loudly exclaim, you go, get the f- with that. <laughs> you know, you think, did he? You know? Like, did he? <laughs> did he? <laughs> but no, fucking... <laughs> The article basically, long and short, it was like, he got his tongue stuck, got his cell in a bad situation, and they were saying, oh, these balls should be recalled, these balls should have a gauze put in them, blah, blah, and I went, no, I fucking shouldn't, eh? And I went, <laughs> I fucking, at the end of the day, it's a parent's job to make it clear in their way and seed that it's not a good idea to fucking day back that, but also understanding that they're a Wayne. Wayne's are going to day dumb shit like that, I mean... I remember doing stupid shit as a win. I was going to say, back in our day, that, that sort of shit was dime a dozen. Aye. How old was he? Aye, he was like about Seb's age, you know? No, he was younger than that. He was like six or seven, I'm sure. Alright, but old enough to know that it's no good idea to jam your tongue in a fucking bottle. Aye. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what it's like? It's like back in the day when you you had to fight the temptation, well, I had to fight the temptation not to jam my thumb into the top of a bottle just to pick it about and then realise yeah. I couldn't get my thumb back out. <laughs> And you sit there and you think, yeah, dizzy bastard. Uh, I you know, really hurt my thumb one time with that. But I mean, what is what is your opinion on that? Because I mean, do you think it's it's mere a job of the parent to, you know, make sure their way knows that that kind of shit's going to cause them ball? Or do you think, like, do you think the fault lies with the parent or the fault lies with the design of the, the ball? I think it's just a bloody accident. Aye, <laughs> there is no deeper meaning in it. See, last I mean that. The way these things are wrote about now, nowadays oh. makes you start going, well, hold the bus here, you know? Because the fact that I'll talk about... That what you said when you were sitting on the bus? Hold the bus and the bus no, goes when I was No, I think you're a speech, lads. When I was sitting on the bus, I did that Burleson thing, Snide Looks 101. <laughs> I was like, get the Aye, f- right. like that. You're having your 21st of the bowling club. club. <laughs> oh, well, no, I tell you, that engagement party I mentioned earlier, was that a bowling club? And me and my brother <laughs> were outside taking the piss, like, you're having your engagement at the bowling club. <laughs> but anyway, you're... But no, I, I, I think I'm a good parent because, I mean, my son knows fine well not to do something stupid like that. And I mean, when you think of, and I'm not talking about the bottle, right? I mean, that's just something you should know. But, when a Wayne does something that's kind of silly like that and gets herself in a situation, do you think like, it is the parents' spot? Do you think it, the fault lies with the parent? When a Wayne does something like that, I, the, still... parent, the parent no, no kind of drilling wee things like that into their Wayne? I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck does he, does he, does he manage it? Because no, I, I didn't read the article, like, I was like, how do you manage God it? knows. I, mean, I, I know what a sports, like, a sports player you're talking about, like, how aye. does that even happen? Like, but I mean, I looked at the picture, right, and the thing was like, halfway aye. up his tongue, and his tongue was jammed in. The good body, obviously the boy must have sat there and, aye. and like, forced his tongue aye. into this thing. And it's generally, right, <laughs> generally, <laughs> see when you've got to physically jam your tongue into a thing, you should know before it gets to the the, the hospital situation that <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. It's like, I've drank a day of bottles before, and like, either there could be a chance that this one bottle was fucked somehow, I don't know, although we weren't, I wasn't there, I couldn't tell you, but like, it's just it's so confusing, how do you manage that? Mm. I don't mean it to be Gail Willis at somebody else's oh, child, no, 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 but... No. 
this might be natural selection here at play here. But I'll, I'll give you a perfect... If that was my way, I'd be like, okay, we, can, we can't allow him to go outside anymore. Perfect example on the other side of the card, though, right? Like, looking at it in the eyes of, like, the child. I did, I did a similarly really retarded thing when I was younger. Well, everybody has to put shit on No, but this was on the scale of, like, you know, dangerous, mm-hmm. like that boy did, you know. I was, oh, fuck, I don't know what age I was. I was in primary school still, I think, or, like, nearly the end of primary school. It was just something. Yeah, anyway, something, right? Yeah. And I had, I had a, a juice bottle lid. Uh-huh. I was sitting there with a big fucking, a big knife. And just a pure boredom and childlike wonder what will happen if I do that. I was trying to stick this fucking knife through the lid of the bowl. And I was like, but it's a really stupid thing, right? A stupid thing to be doing. But I was sitting there and I'm trying to poke this thing through the bottle lid. It slipped. And I sliced through my bloody horn. <laughs> you know, you see that wee, you see that wee white mark, Lou? Yeah. In there. I sliced right through my horn. Oh, fuck me. With a knife, and that, and it's stupid. It gets stupid. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and for for a nanosecond, I'm fascinated. But I'm like, shit, because it didn't even hurt, which was a weird thing. It just like I it was shocked me and else. I was like, and then it went woof, bleeding oil on my bloody horn. And I'm like, ah oh, shit, and immediately I'm thinking, if we find out about this, I'm going to get into shit for it. So what? I, what did I do? I took a pajama top and tourniqueted it around my horn. Until it stopped bleeding, you know what I mean? For a bloody week, I walked about hiding a gash in my bloody horn. You know, until we finally saw it. What the fuck have you done to yourself, you silly bastard? I want to know. But, like, you know, sorry to cut you after, but see what, going back to what Brian was saying earlier on, mm-hmm. like, you just tell them if, you just call them a silly diddy and uh. get them tell. That's what I, I could, I was like, what the name of Christ are you doing, doing that to yourself, you silly shite? And thankfully, I was it took a couple of paper, cleaned it out a couple of paper stitches and it healed itself, you know. But in a situation like that, it could be worse, you know what I mean? So I, I, I once really nearly electrocuted myself before somebody, an adult, intervened. Yeah. Because I was, I don't know how old I was. I'm probably older than I should have been. To, old enough to know better. I probably should have been old enough to know better. But for whatever reason. I was having a bit of toast. That's no, that's another thing. But what for a reason? I wanted. I was having toast because I wanted toast. Alright, chill. I want toast. <laughs> so I was making toast, and <laughs> press the re button. I think I can tell. Like, oh, that looks a bit quite burn off. Push the re button, and it pops up. And for a reason, part of one of the bits of bread got caught, and it wasn't coming up. Something like, I need to get that out of there. It looks quite stuck. I know what I'll do. I'll go get something to poke it away. Poke it away. So, luckily, somebody intervened before I stuck a knife or a, or a fork in the toaster. <laughs> I've done that. Where I probably would have. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come off by, though? No, I'm fine. See, I, st- I stick stuff in the toaster, but generally it's like a, a plastic end or something. Like I, I never stick a metal thing directly into a toaster. <laughs> that metal thing's just a heating <laughs> thing. There's not much current in it anyway. So you, if most of the worst, you just get a wee job. Yeah, uh, but it's better naughty. Uh, yeah, you know. I mean, I did, I did that. I was, I was away. Don't you want to like tell them when you try to fix the toaster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when you're away, you do such stupid things when you're away. Like, we lived out in the countryside when I was away, right? Mm-hmm. I just say, I just say, like I seen cows jump a bit when they touched the electric fence. <laughs> 
So what did I do? I decided to see just how short it was. Yeah. <laughs> Touched the fence. And put my finger on it. Didn't feel nothing. Put my two fingers on it. Like, didn't feel nothing. So I went like that and held on to it. And I didn't, even, like, it didn't even make me go like, like that. But you felt a surge going through your arm. And you're like, ah, man, that's weird. But even though you didn't do it again, you kind of thought about doing it again. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> it's like touching one of the plasma ball things. You're like, <laughs> but like I don't mean to seem disturbing, but like as a Wayne, you're always doing through shit because Wayne's for the most part can be quite stupid. Like me, I'm. I still think. I, I think the the better way to put it in this day and age is a rather uneducated to the perils. Because like all I can say, because as your kid, you're still learning. So you don't realise what you're doing is stupid. I once asked my mum, "How much is a ten pound top up?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you put ten pound on your phone. I didn't realise that's also how much it costs for whatever reason. I thought there was a difference somehow. <laughs> so uh, I asked, "How much is a ten pound top?" And my mum just looked at me. <laughs> like, are you really lying, Dom? Like, and I'm, I asked it a few more times because I can't figure out why she's looking at me like this. Like, my mum, my mum, oh, oh yeah, but she once said to me, "Scott, you're not, you're a smart boy, but you lack common sense." Uh-uh. That's like that's like that's like another way of saying the phrase. I'm no mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I yeah, uh, a shout out by the way. I'll give a shout out to my mother whose birthday it was the other day. Oh, nice. And I, I did, I did a because we're talking about stupid ass things. <laughs> I did a brainless thing the other day. She, it was before her birthday. And she was like, "I mean, I hope you don't forget Thursday." And then I was like. For a wee minute, I was like, "What? What's happening on Thursday? What's What's Thursday?" And I was like, "I don't owe you money, do you? I'm not giving you money." <laughs> and then she gave me the face, and I was like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, shit! I oh, got well. It's summer. The months have been right. I didn't even know what month it was." <laughs> but I did get it. I did get it a lovely gift. <laughs> We've been talking for like thirty minutes, and it doesn't feel like it. No, it's it's been it's been a good flow. Been nice and convivial. Yeah, Con- I do like that word. Say it again. Convivial. <laughs> Say it with some resonance. No. I think I'll have to set up for that. Convivial. <laughs> Irano. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was quite good. My my rant, which was which it wasn't was really much of quite, a ra- wasn't much of a rant. As it was a, really quite calm for me. I know compared to some of the other ones. Well. You know some of the other ones have been on the Death Island Brew and Jamie Oliver, so needless right. to say, I got quite animated. One in the same. And the concerts one from what, a few weeks cunts? ago. Yeah. Iron Brewer, cunts. Jamie Oliver's a big, fat, heated, lisping... Well, remember, he was the one that pushed for the sugar uh, tax. Oil-loving... <clears throat> I mean, have you seen the amount of oil that bastard no gets on his cook? No What? No oil to He'll sell his soul for the biggest pound. I mean, is he no fucked money-wise in any way? All his all his restaurants have died. Just his restaurants are pumped, but he's getting plenty of money. It's just the people that work there that are pumped. Aye, what was it about thirty? Well, it was about thirty staff at one of these big ones. Jamie's, Jamie's, Jamie's <clears throat> Italian something. Aye, one of these one of these big Jamie's Italian chains I'm in London. Sure they were wanting like thirty quid for a salad there though. Yeah, why would you even pay three quid for a salad? Why would you go at a Jamie Oliver restaurant? <laughs> I don't know. He, Punch him. I don't watch TV show, but I've seen clips from it. There's a show called Parks and Rec, 
And uh, there's a there's a bit whenever I see a salad, I think of this clip where uh, one of the guys eating a salad goes, "Excuse me, there seems to be a mistake. You're giving me the food my food eats." But aye, back to that point when we're talking about food, is that not a good wee Scottish word? What a wee dod. <laughs> Just a wee dod. A wee dod of salt in it. Wee dod of sauce. Wee dod of sauce. <laughs> wee dod of jam. There's a decent, decent rant, but you brought up a couple of good points, even though it's not like. like Compared to your concert plan from a few weeks ago. Oh, my concert one? Aye. Well, I got. I got. I got. Steam. Proper steam, like. I got. Proper raging. But do you know, I think I was quite eloquent. Regardless, well, it was quite eloquent but quite enraged. Well, it, well, it doesn't bag before you make that assessment, Paul. Was this about seating at gigs? No, 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 no. Phones. I went and... You see, you see, see? Like person who... see? See, that sounded more like a guy who's heard you give this rant before. No, 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 no explain, no. Brian. Phones at gigs have ruined the experience. <laughs> you cannot enjoy a show without some idiot... I know you can't see me, but I'm standing here filming. Alright, some. Why in Every the name of Why like in the name of Christ? Half the crowd is like that. I'll get. I'll tell you why I got onto the rant though. The other week, mind I told you for a brief wee while I took a notion for Will Smith. Aye. Right, and I, I fucking fuck it. I'm going to watch a wee bit of Will Smith music wise. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he was he was one. Aye, <laughs> you know. I mean, I do remember having that. Album Big Willie style. Big Willie style. <laughs> what was his old? Willennium. Uh, that sounds much uh, weirder. That sounds kind of crap. That sounds uh, Big Willie style sounds a lot weirder when you say it with a Scottish accent. Though, Big Willie style. Uh, uh, Big it Willie. sounds like you're more a Willie Nelson fan, doesn't it? <laughs> Big Willie style. Who's Big Willie? That him that stays up the road. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, Big Willie. He's got just, style, man. So he does. She's seen that jacket. Big Willie style. Have you seen Big Willie? seen his GK award last week. But no, fucking... Let us say, I was in the notion for Will Smith and I thought, you know that way when you get a notion for a band or something and you think, I've not actually seen any of their, any of their live stuff and I thought to myself, oh, there must be some live Will Smith on YouTube. Yeah. You know, concert footage and that. Yeah. You, and there was a bit oh, like... Oh, and a lot of that stuff is on YouTube because somebody was, was there yeah. filming it. Well, no, it was like, it was back when he went and filmed a few gigs. Like, remember in 2005 when he brought out an album again for a brief while he was doing... Music again. I, I had that album as well. Uh, lost and Found. I seen footage for a gig he done, right? And I think it, he was just doing a couple of songs, but he was doing it right in the whole goddamn crowd, near enough. Every goddamn one of them, near enough. There was a couple. It, the, the ones with footphones were in the minimum, mm-hmm. in the minority, you know what I mean? But Did they look like they were enjoying it, though? No. No. They looked... But no, because they weren't enjoying Will Smith. They looked like the way we would look. You know, for fuck's where's sake. Where's the crowd? Where's the, where's the noise? Even, even right in the thing that really fucking galled me, like made me want to go and find them and punch every goddamn one of them in the fucking face. See the bit? Because he was doing Boom Shake Room, right? Classic DJ huh. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, right? You know that bit where he's like, tick, 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 boom, and everybody gets bouncing and shit? Aye, we all started bouncing, like that. Phones up still, and I was you know, like, people can't see you. Yeah, no, I, we have, we have mentioned before. Like, we keep making visual jokes on this audio format, which is a habit we really need to give. It's mostly him. Mostly, it's mostly Paul that does it. I, but imagine, I, imagine somebody maybe bouncing along, but they're still holding up to their phone and still film. That is basically what Paul is getting at here. Yeah, 
You'd, you'd be really, you'd be not the best audiobook reader, would you? Yeah, just I'm... think Nightmare in. Yes, Nightmare in. <laughs> Hello, I'm, I'm the ice, ice cream, cream man. man. <laughs> this is setting into a bloodbath. have a balloon right now. And so died the last surviving member of the Fair Service family. The final bullet blew his head clean off. <laughs> and the final bullet for me... This is a grand piece of. I didn't know. I didn't know any of my guests could be a multiple murderer. Easy for you to say. No, the best line has got to be. Look out! He's got a nug. It's Peter's reaction as well. A gun. A gun. But I'll mute Mr. Wing. Who? There's a bell. On his hat. See, that's the bit Freezer's reaction. That two of his best actions are that, and when he's he finds out Nails and Daffy are having a buffet, a buffet. And the mystery was solved. Hans was a mass murderer. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. speaking of Freezer, Paul, we have our latest episode to talk about. Bridge that for you. Yes, <laughs> lovely, lovely. Thank you, Brian. It's much appreciated. <laughs> Season 3, episode 9, and it's a Christmas episode, which is a weird one to do in August. But, you know, for the sake of chronology... Hey! Well, if it not... goes in there, it will be Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to take that long. <laughs> right, but anywho... Because usually the festive joke made with the recordings. Yeah, I know. And it, and it starts... And I pointed oh, no. this out. Oh, no, I was going to say, like... I, I did part of me to think about recording it, but then... Or waiting to record it till later on and, like, skipping ahead... But, like I said, like we're, we said we'd be doing these reviews chronologically. And if we just skipped an episode, we wouldn't really be doing it chronologically, would we? No. no we but, as you were saying, Paul. But, yeah, this episode starts in a in a rare place. And you'll know what I mean, Brian, when I get to this. This episode starts in the cafe, yes, but starts in an area in the cafe, which if you count, you probably count on your own, but... On one horn, about the amount of times an episode started in this place, in the book nook, in the cafe. Yeah, but with all the books, because usually, if we're pointing out, you'll start when they're sitting at the wee window seat, or somebody's coming in, they've noticed another character, and they've noticed another character, and they start talking. Because they always assume their favourite seat to be the one just left of the counter. Aye, but like they're usually sitting in that one, like Scott says, at the window. Mm. I would have thought they don't usually sit in the wee book nook. We would have thought the the window seat would be the more desirable seat because. Part the one facing you, your back to the the uh, the window has a more of a cushion on it, and also it's a more convenient because you can walk right in. Somebody can hold the seat if you're with somebody. You can go right to the counter. True. Because yeah. they're fighting. Because of course they're fighting for that seat in uh, bloody my coffee with nails. Yeah, I I like that uh, seating arrangement in a yeah. pub. What like, I, I like a, I like a little nook near the door in a pub. Mm. You know, it's a, it's the easiest place to be in case of unrest <laughs> near the door. Well, it's hardly like to. I was gonna say it's hardly likely to be unrest in Cafe Nervosa. I, I, I hate to sound like nails though. Mm-hmm. Like best place to be in the case of unrest near the door. Some well, in case some ragga folk singer is there. Oh yes, but that is many episodes <laughs> in the future, I believe. Yeah, that's not even to like season ten, I think. No. That was a horrible episode. <laughs> <laughs> but personal opinions aside, yes. carry on. Well, we did have Stephen in that episode. 
Ah, Stephen. Just Steve. Remember, remember when we were going to the alternate cafe and the big, the big dude? Because we're trying to get away from that singer. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, we will not be the everyday stalwarts we once promised. Damn. Every time I open my heart. <laughs> so should have been in a grunge band. Yeah. <laughs> what, Fraser? <laughs> well, that'd be good. Imagine a grunge, a grunge version of Toss Island Scrambled Eggs. That would work. Whether or not Fraser fronting a grunge band would work, I doubt. We talked about a lot about other stuff. We should get into the actual episode. So Fraser's sitting there next to the, the books, as mm-hmm. you said, and Niles comes in and he says, this is just me, or the sidewalk sign has been more aggressive. <laughs> like, well, it is Christmas Eve, and they're expecting some sort of downturn in business after that. <laughs> so, and then Niles talking about him and Maris getting back, possibly getting back together by the new year, because, which is kind of weird when you think about everything they went through in the last episode, where he had the whole breakdown, he didn't want to leave his house, and then they had this whole revelation, like, I need to leave, and now he's now trying to go back to her. Yeah. So it's a weird thing with Niles. Yeah, well, he is a very cowed little gentleman. Yeah, so I was going to yeah. say, he does, he does seem to favour women, as we talked about earlier on before we started recording. He seems to favour women who will yeah. boss him around a I lot. I mean, just just wait for my comments about him season six onwards. But we'll not get into Just wait for that. We'll not get into that right now. <laughs> oh, the torrent will come. Yeah. And yeah. that, that, that unit, that unit sides with him and all. That. Oh, you know who. She, she, she who all of the Fraser fan group think is blameless. Can we go one episode without you hinting at towards the future? Can we wait? Can we not wait till we get to there? Yes, we can. He just wants to explode with rage. Well, can you not wait a few seasons? Rage about something else for now. Okay. I rage about them never actually reading a book in that book nook. Well, maybe they're for decoration. Or maybe Fraser and Nails are a bit too. Cultured for a book that would be found in a coffee shop. You ever think about that? I, I I would like to think the kind of coffee shop we would we would have a coffee and would have books of their taste. Well, I think it's more. I, I do not believe so. I think it's more so they don't go for the books; they go for the coffee and also the fact it's with a convenient location of Fraser's home and of the radio station. Yes. A conveniently located domicile to have coffee. Yes. Isn't that what we all want at the end of the day? Yes. <laughs> well, we're maybe. I don't like coffee. True. Well, I don't drink coffee either, but I do love a good coffee. Philistines, both of you. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked far too often in this episode. <laughs> we were barely a few minutes into the episode. We haven't even got it started yet. I know. Anyway, he's, t- he's explaining his reasons why he and Maris might get back together, and she's like, she's like, I tried to offer her a gift, and she's the only gift she would accept from me was a firm apology. <laughs> I said she would, she would get no apology, and the respect in her voice was very clear. It's not me and Feet, she was talking me through the hole in her massage chair. Through her massage table. And. and a bit, uh, Frederick coming in, mm. they spent Christmas with Fraser for the first time since seeing Lil split up. He's a member of the season one Christmas special where Fraser went through the whole breakdown when he found out Frederick wasn't coming to see him. Yeah, yeah. But then. I don't even like that episode much now. Yeah, it ends on a bit of a down note. This episode, this Christmas special is much better. Yeah. So, you explain what time is Fraser getting? Fraser gets exactly like this many hours, this many minutes. Because <laughs> he's all excited. Yeah. And uh, Mel's to goes, I suppose he's got visions of sugar plums dancing through his head. Oh, no. no. Well, it doesn't allow sweets. Probably has visions of bran. 
And then uh, Roz comes in, she's done, she's cut all these bags, she's been doing her last night shopping. <laughs> and uh, she asks, what's going on with you, Niles? And he tells her about the thing with him and Maris. And she, and like, she clearly knows uh, already, and he, she's overacts. He, he's like, well, you may not have heard, but Maris and I have separated. Oh my god, I, really? I, I didn't know, I didn't have a clue. Yeah, you can take it down and out to Tallulah. This is just... And then uh, Niles had offered to pay for the coffee originally, but then <laughs> the waitress comes back with his card and says that it's been declined. So she cuts his credit and have right in front of him. Yeah, he's like, sorry, your credit was declined. I, I'm sorry, I have to do this. But, it said it had been cancelled. Yeah, I'm calling Maris back right away. But it had been cancelled because of close, by order of co-signature. Which is also Maris, so she cancelled all of Niles' credit cards. Just, <laughs> the dramatic turn of feature, like, Maris has cancelled your credit cards. Then Roll is, whoa, Merry Christmas. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm calling her back right now. Gonna demand the reactivation of my cards, my bank accounts, and my, my phone, phone service. service. And uh, they offer him, do you want to try another credit card? There's no point, they're all in her name. So we cut to the radio. With... So you'd, you'd think, right, he's, he's a psychiatrist, right? Uh-huh. You'd think that the money he earned would be in his own name. Yes, but Maris has more money. Because they do imply, like, once, episode before, like, Fraser Allison, like, did he just marry, marry her for the money? Uh, you know, there's always that later. He never really says no to, to that, though, does he? No. Because, like, we see him when he's trying to adapt to life on his own, how life, he's, he's going accustomed to a certain way of living and he can't. He realizes he may not be able to get that standard of living, which is probably again related to why he possibly married Maris. I I often wonder if that like he is thrust into the lowest vein at the Shangri-La. Hey, that is a good place. <laughs> no, I bet you would love the I bet you would love the Shangri-La. Did you not see the? I I loved the the wall bed. <laughs> I really <laughs> believe a psychiatrist could afford a better place than that. Yeah, but what what the hell is wrong with the Shangri-La? Well, Miles is a snob, and that's not the place for snobs. And remember, Mar- Martin would be happy at the Shangri-La, but not Miles or Fraser. You would think that he would have and money for a bit. Martin then and let Miles stay with Fraser. It'd have been. Mm. Would have actually been quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have had a spin-off with Martin. So many missed opportunities. <laughs> I think it went the right course. Well, again, we've been sidetracked. We've got we back in this booth. What's a very notable guest caller, you immediately pointed it out. Yeah, I, I love that when we watched Fraser and I'm like, that's that. Really Otto. Yeah. Really Otto was playing Bob. He's like, he's like, I'm staying here at the airport, Doc. And I'm just, I'm not sure about going home. I mean, every time you go home and it's the same thing, do we talk, what do we talk about? Family? Their hopes and dreams for the future? No, we talk about the turkey. How long's that thing been in the oven, Ange? Oh, that's some sass. A 25 pounder. Oh, he must have been basing that all day. Like, his whole thing, originally when he calls Frieder, it seems like, oh, it's, he's got a fear of flying. Like, oh, we're, we're safer in the air than we were actually on the ground. But he yeah. says, no, he's maybe going home for Christmas. But he said, there's this flight to Maui. It's calling me, Doc. <laughs> and when he listed off these things that they usually say when they're sitting on the table, you have Roz and Frasier... Chiming in, he's letting them know like it's the same with pretty much every family, and it's like, like as you can see, Bob, we're all in the same gravy boat. <laughs> it's like they all like the shit dad jokes that he cuts, 
But he's, you can tell Frazier's so proud of himself for that. Frazier's always proud of himself a lot. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so witty. We <laughs> basically say, like, just imagine if you woke up tomorrow thousands of miles away from your family. Well, this you're... isn't me, Doc. That really makes me effective. I got a, I got a plane to catch. Like, enjoy Hawaii, Bob. Like, basically, I can't remember the, how you say it, referring to it. I don't know why I say it, otherwise I'll butcher it, but basically it's a Hawaiian greeting way, yeah. way of I, saying I don't want to say it. Hawaiian saying of Merry Christmas, because he realises, like, he's going to take the flight to Hawaii. Maui. But they go to break, and uh, Ross is giving me all these messages, like, your reef, you can you can pick that up on your way home, and goes, oh, good. Dad always puts up that horrible creature with a red nose on the front door. That's, that's one of the few times that I'll aesthetically agree with Fraser. I much prefer his wreath. Mm. Then, I actually prefer Martin's one, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But then, there's an office Christmas party going on outside, like, there's a bit later on where Fraser's reading, the, reading his wreath thing, and you can see people through the wee mirror doing the conga. <laughs> anyway, while they're on commercial, Bulldog pops in, he's got fucking... Tinsel covering his cast and all that. He's got mistletoe hanging from his head. And he's like, I got a stripper, Doc. And never guess her name. Candy K. What are the odds? <laughs> and then a very drunk Gil Chesterton pops in. Oh, like drunk Gil. Yeah. Through example the punch, here's my review. Revolting tick. Ghastly texture. And a kick that is simply hell. <laughs> I, be- I believe it was his capsule review. Yes, as he said. But Roz is trying to force them out before they go back and I go, Roz, you see what's over my head? Uh, any witty comment? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Whereas you see Gil just pissing himself. <laughs> and Frazier says to Roz, I know you've got a flight to catch, so why don't you just head off? I can handle the last five minutes. You're going to do another one of your inspirational Christmas tales, aren't you? Yes, and I'd, be ra- <laughs> I'd rather do it without you making fake choking noises through the booth. <laughs> So she leaves and he gets his wee thing, he's reading this story. The lonely little goat herd. <laughs> lonely little goat herder? Yeah. Not a herd. All I hear is goat herd when he says it. Not a herder. Well, I've already heard. Anyway, yeah. he's reading the story and then Bulldog and Gil basically come out and they try and distract him. He's like, he's trying to light his thing on fire, he keeps going One star. One, one, one day. One. One. Windy day. He's <laughs> a lonely local hurry. They're putting like tinsel on him. Uh, and tinsel it, and Christmas lights and shit. And then they bring the stripper in. Uh, the he's <laughs> he's kind of getting on the story. Uh-huh. Then the strip, like, Santa Claus comes in. Mm-hmm. And then, what's that? <laughs> you know? And it's, a, it's a, a very pleasing on the eye young blonde chick. Mm-hmm. Miss Candy Kane. Yeah. All dancing round him and sitting on his lap and kissing him and playing with his uh-huh. hair <laughs> <laughs> and his hair whipping her hair in his face and shit. Yeah. But no, so he finishes his story and he's like, "There, you see, that just shows the power of my message." This game's delightful performance aside. And then as he's walking out, he, he does the classic line. He's like, oh, "What am I, a robot?" <laughs> Goes back and winches her. Mm-hmm. Bend, like classic movie style, bends yeah. her back, gives her a big snog, <laughs> and he's like, "And to all, a good, a good night." That's the reactions everybody else when he does it because they uh, don't expect someone like. Oh, well, I like, I like the bulldog like, scene. He's like, "Yes," because like, because yeah. like all the, the meaning like perception of Fraser by his co-workers that he's all up his cell. 
so they wouldn't expect yes, them to be silver. Well, yeah, well yeah. yes, that's why they have that perception because sometimes perception is reality. I'd I'd such a Scottish phrase and like there before I say that I was like. Aye, but yes, but. <laughs> aye, but yes, but. But yes, but. Aye, but yes, but. Aye, but yes, but. Well, at this point, he is. Yeah. Aye. So he, he goes so. And. Has the stick firmly wedged. <laughs> the caption is If I only had a brain, the wee words appear on the screen. And he sees his dad putting up the wee Rudolph in front of the dog. Dad, if you don't mind, I'm going to put my own wreath this year. What's wrong with Rudolph? Like, I think they should be more tasteful. Oh, I can't have a single thing that I want. Dad, if I give you one thing, who knows where it might lead? And he opens the door and he's fucking... It's like Santa's workshop. I like it. Like, oh, God. It's all my childhood Christmases. So if Mom isn't here to say, shut up, you'll hurt his feelings. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. It's for Frederick. Like, he, he stands... First, he stands yeah. out with Matt next to the Santa. He goes, ho, ho, ho. He says, ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh, we can say Geronimo because I'm going to throw him off the balcony. And then he's like, oh, I suppose you're right. I used to love this stuff when I was six. And then seven, I started to have questions. And then by eight, I started spending more time with the Bernsteins. Because <laughs> uh, they said, like, it's not for you, it's for Frederick. And then Daphne, or, or what an only appearance in this whole episode. Huzzah. Hey, it's, an, it's a good appearance. Though. Yeah, it's... it's, it's her, her being quirky, she usually yeah, was. Yeah, her being quirky, she should have been. She, she, she became less quirky. The whole psychic thing became less of a, less yeah. of a thing. But we decided to find it charming. She became a boot. Can we not, for one episode, please, <laughs> before we get to that, can we just not? Because we're going to... Kate's last episode is, a, is the next episode. And once we're doing that, I'm probably never going to mention Kate again. All right. I'm going to try not to. So can we not mention the whole Daphne being a boot until we get to whenever it happens? Okay. Can I come up push your button? Can I just say great actress? Who? Kate? Yeah. Oh. oh I did I told him that before he he has the same opinion that like I have. You told in me the that future. was his pet peeve that he did not find her a good actress. No, he didn't he didn't find her a good actress in this. Not in this. Well I haven't seen her in anything else, so I can't really judge her on anything else. Yeah. I think she's made a movie and stage she, Yeah, she's more stage actress. I really felt her presence when she was on camera. Well, we're, like, we're digressing here. I'm, so. I'm, I'm bringing you away. Yeah, well, it's nothing new, is it? <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. We should focus. We should get my I, episode. I, I apologise for snapping. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Take a chill. Handbags down and all. Yeah. Handbags. Handbags down my arse. You with you who's constantly ranting about shit. I don't know how I feel about that statement. <laughs> what, handbags down? Handbags down your arse. <laughs> <laughs> well, only you could fathom that one anyway. You've broken him. Uh, I was broken a long time ago. Was it perhaps around about the time you met Paul? Hey, no, I was. No, cool. it was about a year or so afterwards, at least. Oh. Probably a couple of months, mate. And yet he's still choosing me to act in his movies when he makes them. Anyway, she comes in with her. She's going over to Joe's, and I almost forgot about Joe. He keeps. He's, he's very much a reoccurring factor, even though he's not really around. I think he was on screen three times, two two or three times. Yeah, so he's not around very often. But anyway, he, she, she comes, comes out with, she's going to do it. I'm bringing, I'm bringing very famous plumdolls. <laughs> she's soaked in, it's a boiled pudding soaked in a bag. We have to lift the bag. <laughs> he's talking about Grammy Moon. Grammy Moon is a secret ingredient. She'd soak it for hours in rum. 
And she, no, I didn't. I blind and flash. When she came out of the kitchen with her eyebrows singed off, when you pudding was ready. To this day. <laughs> to this day, the smell of burnt hair still puts me in the Christmas mood. <laughs> and we just look at her like typical mental stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Barn goes, you should go back down to the storage. There's still something missing. Dad, this place could not look more ridiculous. Cue Eddie to come in, dressed <laughs> as Santa. Santa Eddie. And just the look on Fraser's face, like, oh god, I spoke too soon. What I noticed, the white hairs under his chin look like a beard. That's the idea, just fell in the place. <laughs> and then Niles comes in, he just looks her in the place, like, I know, I know, shut up, you'll hurt his feelings. <laughs> and then he's asked him, like, who, who, who goes with, like, Maris? Mm. And he goes, I, I had an epiphany. Niles, this is Maris's way of saying, I love you. And how do you figure? <laughs> well, she's always used money to get what you want. So ergo, she wants me back. Pretty clever. What do you think about that? And he sits on the thing and goes, Oh, oh, oh. Thinks that I said it all. <laughs> and then Niles just stops dead in his tracks and just looks at what Martin's done with Eddie. <laughs> Dad, you need to get out more. We started doing old lady things. It's for <laughs> Frederick. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> and he goes, Do you mind if I ride with you to the airport? Yes, but uh, he goes, I had to wrap up his presents and he's got all his educational presents. He's got him, like, the living brain. He's put all these different sections, they all light up. And then Martin talks about a toy that's been advertised. Yeah, Outlaw Laser Robo Geek. Basically, that typical every Christmas, there's always that one toy that's always been pushed and it's always the toy that every kid needs to have. Sounds like it would be something like a Transformer or a. Uh, like Buzz Lightyear or something. Remember, like the late May, I can't remember. I remember, I think Buzz Lightyear was a big thing as well. One Christmas. Well, so, probably in the year of Toy Story, whenever that was. Ninety four. Ninety. No, ninety five. No. No, it was ninety five. It was that early. No, it was ninety five, and then the school came out ninety nine. I'm telling you, it was ninety five. Well, I'll go with you. I'm but anyway, remember ninety five, ninety six. The Buzz Lightyear was a big popular toy. So yeah. Where's the way that we're going to this these so. But anyway, he's still a bit little. So if like it shoots death, his robot it shoots death rays out of his eyes. And yeah, kind of like that. Because <laughs> like, he's just staring. I'm like, how dare, like how dare you imply I should get something like this for my son? He's like I think I know what Frederick wants. He needs to be challenged. So he goes, oh, challenge on the rest. So after 264 days of the year, just let him be a kid for one day. He goes, I know what Frederick wants. He opens the box, which is a dollhouse and three different types of Barbie. <laughs> This is for a Franklin Crane of Kenny Bunkport. Yeah, and my favourite moment, not just of this, but possibly one of my favourite moments <laughs> of any... Do you know what this episode. means? Yes. The Cranes of Maine have got our living brain. <laughs> <laughs> I've told Paul this when we were watching the episode, like, the first time I watched this episode and the first time I heard this line, I was pissing myself <laughs> laughing. I was rewinding it. Just <laughs> the dramatic... Yeah, he's just all dramatic, but he's clearly taking the piss out of everybody. He's like, yes, the cranes of Maine have got a living brain. That's it, I had a, sim- I had a similar line in this episode. Later on. Uh, and then Fidel's like, Fidel's like, oh, my son's going to be here in like an hour, but he's got no pens, and it's Christmas Eve, and uh, Martin's trying to calm down. Like, There's a big toy store in the mall, they're open late, just don't worry about it. Don't worry, my son's here in an hour, I have no gifts. To top it off, I have to go rob a mall. And then he walks through the Santa Claus thing and laughs at him again. There's a whole oh, and, oh, no. and then Niles is like, oh, don't look at me, he said it. <laughs> and then they get to the mall and they're all disheveled when they go off the escalator. Like, my God, he's that woman, she probably pushed me on the way to the escalator. 
What about that one who tried to miss me? It was a cologne salesman, that's what they do. I'm looking around looking for some of the same toys that he got like, oh, how about this? And Nels puts on a wee helmet with these funny, like, glasses. Mm. Like, I, I think Frederick tested highest in his class. Like, and like, we flash, like, what's it doing? It's flashing. How about now? Well, now it's beeping. And he's just scratchy, what bits of water on the freezer. I wonder what else it does. Let's see if it protects your head. <laughs> I just I was like, Dad, is this the line you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if it protects your head. And look around, he finds the living brain. That's oh, right. The devil goes, Look at this. This looks somewhat educational. Goo. <laughs> well, what can you possibly learn from this? Well, you can learn never to wear armay to a toy store. <laughs> and then they find, like, looking for the living brain, and some kid walks up and goes, What kind of dork wants that? With any luck, the kind of dork that one day will be operating on your prostate. Now, look there, and they point out a box that living bear from the top of you. Oh, look. Oh, it's all dusty. A brain that's dusty. Could there be a better metaphor? <laughs> and then, like, it's just a box. And then some old some woman asks if she can borrow it so she can put her son's robo-geek in it. So she'll fake her son in and like, Hi, maybe it's looking at his face when he thinks of getting something this nerdy. <laughs> Which I think would be quite cruel, to be fair. I don't think it'd be cruel. It's like, your kids are like, oh, what? That'd be quite funny, actually. Yeah, for you, but hopefully you're the parent that is. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. He sees, like, he's, he's panicking, doesn't know what he's going to do. And he sees a guy with a, a bag of all educational toys, and this is, like, young minds. Yeah, he's like, like a, a, cross, a chess set and a puzzle and... like. Chemistry lab and all that, I think. He's like, Sir, is this, is this all educational toys? You guys can buy. And it's in the mall? Yeah, it's just a couple of doors down. They closed about half an hour ago. Yeah, as I said when we watched it, I think that was a dick move. I was going to say, like, why would you mention it if you knew it was like, closed? Why would like, you getting, tell me the store was there, like, man? You're, you're, getting, you're getting these hopes up. You know, I do remember once getting, like, a magic set. Uh-huh. And what was the other thing? You, you, I don't know, I don't know, Brian, I wasn't there. It, but it was another educational thing. And magic I was actually... Educational. It is. Learn to do magic. It is educational. The oh, word is learn. <laughs> but yeah, two educational things. Yeah, I think it was a chess set. Right. Martin Short's World Champion Chess Set. <laughs> <laughs> so that must have been 92. I, yeah. I had a Paul Daniels magic kit. Thank you for the stroll down memory lane, lads. Yes, you're <laughs> welcome. But I had zero to zero percent fun with it. <laughs> cool. Anyway, so he's after like, that delightful anecdote, so he's like, "Ah, oh, shit!" This always goes with it. And he's looking around, like he's looking like it's like these would be perfect for freighting the guy offers and the gear and me stuff for like how much? Is a thousand dollars. Like a thousand bucks. Like take it or leave it. He's like, but it's barely a hundred dollars worth of. I'm trying to help you out, and like he's trying to make money. Well, oh, it's some favor. Like, like and then Miles is, is like, we're like, getting our, we're getting our fans into the airport. Make sure your trays are up in the upper part of the zone. He's like, all right, all right, all right, I'll take it. And he's like, like I've got three hundred here. Would, take, you, would you take a cashier check? Oh, so because we forgot to mention earlier, like Miles asked for you, like, why don't you just give him a ch- give Frederick a check? You can't give a child a check. That's what I'm giving him. Miles Maris cancelled too. Checks. Oh, he's like, it has a stagecoach on it. <laughs> and no, he goes, so he gives him 360 nails. He's like, hey, can you take a personal check for the rest? 
Yeah, sure, why not? It's Christmas. And then he says to... Niles, give him a check. I remember when I first watched it, I didn't get it. At first I thought, oh, he stuck Niles in to pay for the rest of the thing. Then it wasn't until after I watched it a few more times, I realised, oh, I because the, the rest of the check, rest of the money will be invalid because his checks mm. have been cancelled. It's really, he's only paid 300 for everything. Oh. <laughs> if Maris was likely to re- reinstate his money like that day, he'd be kicked apart. I know. Well, the the chances he he gives he's he's giving money that he doesn't want to get cast and then doing seven hundred. No, no. So we got to back to the apartment where Fraser's like he's got everything sorted. Yes, I didn't get everything I want, but I've got pretty much everything. And then Niles comes in with these Santa legs that he might be hung under the chimney. <laughs> like here you go, Dad. Like oh yes, I remember the nightmares he's giving when I found them on your bed one year. <laughs> You just imagine young Chip and you just imagine young Fraser like, oh my god, what happened to Santa? Where's the rest of him? <sighs> uh, like, and then they, the box, they look through the box from storage and they find a bunch of gifts that Fraser's given to Martin over the years that have never been opened. And like, like and Nick Martin's trying to avoid the subject, but basically, like, it's good Fraser always gives people what he thinks. They, they should, they should like. Right, instead of giving them things that they actually do like, like using this smoking jacket, like, have I ever worn anything like this in my whole life? No. Like, maybe like a change. And then we were introduced to Frederick, and you made a point about how this is a different Frederick than we were become known with. Yeah. Throughout the rest of the series. It was not, it's not the, the standard Frederick, it's a different little kid. Mm-hmm. So like, you were talking about Maybe being a bit of an inconsistency, but I don't think, I think maybe I think I don't maybe think a major one. Oh no, major. I, say, I don't think it's a major one because I think it's maybe a case of maybe this Frederick would make Frederick would maybe in a one off or maybe because they wanted they decided maybe want to make Frederick a bit older because the, the kid that plays him going forward is is older than the kid. And like you say, looks a bit more like Frazier than the first one. Yeah, said like the when Frederick would get going forward looks more like he could be Frazier and Lil's kid. Whereas I said this one. Like you could look like you'd be Lil's kid, it looks like more like Niles than Frasier. So if Niles and like in Lilith had a wing, that would probably Can be like this kid. I know. In Cheers, Frasier looks like Niles in Cheers. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Oh you know, interestingly we'll see like the guy that you know, ended up playing Frederick. Yeah. You know, I've seen recent pictures of him as an adult. He's pretty much got the same face. <laughs> Maybe, you don't want to leave people that grow up and they basically their face doesn't age. Yeah. Really, he's he's got rid of the, the, the he's no longer got the puffy the fat face anymore. <laughs> but he's still got the same face. You know, what yeah. I mean? he's no he's no aged. Yeah. He wear he wears spectacles now. <laughs> spectacles. Spectacles. <laughs> anyway, so he comes in. He's all happy. He's excited to kill he's a kid on Christmas Eve. And he's like, I know exactly what Santa's bringing me. And then Martin goes, I bet you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a robo-geek. Why do you think, and Fraser's on there, like, why do you think Santa's bringing you this? Because I asked for it in my letter, and I, I've been so good. And then, oh, Jesus. Sorry about that. It's good. And then he runs away because he wants to get right to sleep, so it'll be morning, and then he can come and open his stuff. He goes, bye Uncle Niles, I hope Aunt Mary's going to have a coma soon. And then, <laughs> and then they just look at him like... He's like, 
He asked where she was, and I thought the truth was just upsetting. <laughs> and then, uh, Fraser's all panicking, like, oh, cause now he thinks his son's going to be disappointed when he wakes up the next day. And uh, Mark, he's, he's mind has got, like, no, more, no point everyone else being disappointed in the morning. And so he opens it, and he's like, oh, a dressing gown. Like, I love it. And, like, he's trying to play it up, but he's clearly no for him. Like, it's not a dressing gown, it's a robe. He goes, might as well open no, yours. No coward would have loved it. <laughs> it's not you. He gives, he, Martin gives Fraser his gift. He opens up and Fraser's all emotional, like, oh, Dad, it's just oh, what God. I wanted. I'll release a Robo Geek. Maybe he hugs him, like, are the berries included in the box? Oh, Dad! <laughs> and then for the credits, we see uh, Martin going to take Eddie for a walk. We still got his Santa gear on. But Eddie's not going to go until. Uh, Eddie's not going. So Martin takes the hat off, he still won't go. Takes the duke up and then he's right out the door. <laughs> and by Martin time he's stumbling his way back up because obviously he's got his cane mm. and follow it after him. And I think it goes about saying, Paul, as much as we got sidetracked, I'm giving this a firm double thumbs up. A firm double? Th- I've, I've rarely seen you give a double thumbs up. Well, I'm rarely here, so. Well, you do the math. Uh, yeah, I'm sure this is what this is what helps. <laughs> Pretty sure I gave like my coffee with nails a, a double thumbs up. I think you did. But yeah, like I say, a rare double thumbs up for me. But I just love this episode so much. Not just as a Christmas special, but just in, as an episode. Just as an episode in See, general. I'll give it a solid. You know, one thumbs up. But I I don't I don't have as much of a. It's not like as much of a favorite episode of mine as it is of yours. You know, yeah. but I still love the episode. Right. And I, I do like Daphne's wee. Like I know she's only got that one bit in it, but I do like her wee thing about the cloth bag yeah. and that and the, yeah. the, the smell of burnt hair but it's been the festive movement yeah. and the wee wistful look she's like this is burnt hair she's like ah like, ah memories I can remember it now this is yeah. and, and the scene with Martin like, who gets the liquid bag <laughs> uh, Ryan would you care to give her a thumbs or thumbs up thumbs in the middle thumbs down for Fraser Crunch, Crunch. I'll, I will give it a thumbs up it has its moments, but a favourite episode, I would say not. Right. Would you be Would you be willing to not disclose your favourite episode, but disclose maybe a, a season from which your favourite episode or one of them came from? I would not. <laughs> would you know? No. Would you know? No. I'm not that much of a Fraser enthusiast. Yeah, that's I why you're here. That's why. See, that's why you're here. Yeah. See, see, like I say, like I'm, I'm probably closer to you than I am Paul. Or somewhere in the middle between you, between the two of you and well, my Fraser. Shut up. <laughs> not, not in terms of seat position, but in terms of Fraser fandom, because it's only more so since I've started. I started being more analytical mm. with it, because else I need to. But like I pointed it to you when watching the episode, I didn't notice before. And then the toy store, you can see the outlaw razor roll geek being advertised in the background, but the stalls are all like empty because yeah. obviously it's the hot toy, so it's all sold out yeah. already. Sorry, you were you going to say something? Oh, no, no. no. Sorry, I thought you were saying something. No, no. But yeah, that's been Fraser. That was a good and really, really all over the shop review, but it was a good one. It definitely and was. it's definitely a good episode, that one. Yeah, it's yeah. a solid episode. Like I say, there's a, a distinct thing, like, Fraser, like I say, up until about season six, and I don't mean any anybody or any characters, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying the show itself, up until about season six is really solid. Yeah, I remember a while back I started going, you know, back watching Chronology, and I kind of 
I realised like I'd been also like watching stuff in a short in a short period of time in the early season, but when I get to season ten and eleven, I'm happy to give certain gaps of time before coming back and watching episodes. Yeah. I mean, see after you get past season six, mm-hmm. you might have. I strongly believe you've got about three seasons worth of really strong episodes for the next, you know, five seasons. You've got about three seasons worth of good stuff. What seasons are they? No, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. No, I mean, what seasons are there? Three? Which three? Uh, are? Like I said, I don't. It's a collage. It's a, a collage. It's a collaboration. Seasons into three. Like one, it comes right off, right to have my head. It's one, I think that's quite dense, I've just realised it there, but have you noticed, there's a lot more specifically gay episodes in the later seasons, Out With Dad, the one with uh, Thingy, Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose there's Matchmaker in the second season. Well yeah, you've got that, that's, yeah. a re- that's a really good early episode. But though. like, you've got that, plus you've got a lot of... Uh, I've figured the best way to put this, you've got a lot of change in characters. Like, characters become markedly different in personality, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, even Frasier. It's, it's very subtle at first, but then it's so sudden and quick, you don't even notice it at first, that how much they've changed. Mm, mm. And it's a few times of re-watching to realise mm. how much. Yeah. Even, even Roz, yeah. you know. Roz, I mean, I've read a million times now that the writers have always regretted making her pregnant. No, no. They think like making Rose like stressed out single mother probably kind of made her character a bit. No. Well, when you think about it, it... what were they going to do with Perry Gilt? Uh, sorry, Rose being pregnant. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I said, mm. I think it seemed like a natural kind of thing because like she she's been known as like the woman she's always out and about to yeah, put it lightly. But yeah. then having her have more responsibility and have to deal with something. I get kind of. It, it lessened the character. But like, she only really mentions in passing or way more often than not because mm. you rarely actually see like, the way. Like, you see more Fraser's kid well, than you do of her kid. You see her way in Mel and you see Tam and Francis' way and still gay. This is true. And that, that episode, see that episode when the bloody Wayne draws on the picture? Oh, yeah. Oh, God's sake. That's one, if, you, if it was you and it was your Wayne, you'd be sitting there going, oh, for God's sake. You know, but what about the episode where they've got the they buy the new dog and then Martin comes in and he's telling her what to do? Why would you call a bloody boy dog Ariel? Because she's a Wayne. Aye, but no, no, it's a boy dog. I don't call but, it Ariel. But, but it's her dog too. She can call it what she wants. So. No. See? see, if it was me buying a dog, I would, I would. I would find a way to name the dog, but make it seem like I hadn't named the dog. How so? So call it Doug. Aye. Just call it Doug. Doggy. Doug if it's a boy, bitch if it's a lassie. Oh, <laughs> That's going to get comments, not good ones. You're going, you're going to get us fired, man. You'll get that edit. Fired by who? By the listeners. We, they don't, we don't work for them. <laughs> we are freelance people. And they just happen to listen to the product we put out. They're not our employers. Yeah. Mean, we're, mean we're, we're still poor. And we appreciate them listening. But and most likely most of them only listen to about five minutes anyway. Hey, no, we've got good listeners, man. We've got very good listeners. 
and see like if anybody does comment like a bitch is a female dog like what is there to really comment exactly it is called being clever so if you so if you do comment i'm just gonna ignore you oh look it's, he's being accurate though he, he's all he's good at being accurate yes yes in a really snide fashion mm. yeah i like you at times hey no i'm worse than him so that's why i say kind of like you're on different levels of it yeah he dabbles <laughs> <laughs> dabble in snideness but no definitely a solid episode that yeah. one oh, yeah. yeah i think i think um I think you've mentioned in the past before, like, for the first, at least the first three seasons, it just built and built and got stronger and stronger. Yeah. And then season four, it kind of plateaued a wee bit, and then season five, it was right. So you haven't noticed, like, like, like you didn't, like... You've still got season four to go, so... Look, I, don't, I haven't really noticed much of difference in season four, like, eh... Uh, like, you don't like the, the episode of the two Mrs. Cranes, the first episode of you. I hate that episode. But I kind of like it for a couple of... Key, one with Clive. Like, I like it for a couple of key lines, like the one that... Clive? Did he sound English? No, he was one of these fiery Mexican Clives. <laughs> or the one that... So, yeah, Bridger here, because he's divorced his wife, Maris. You couldn't stand being married to her either, huh? But <laughs> how you could have been... How you could have been brought up by that courageous old astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> And then he keeps kissing Ros and then when he tries to explain her, no, you stay back. But what else have we got to talk about? Well, we could talk about the fiend and his his ever ever ominous presence on SmackDown and I think predominantly SmackDown. Yeah, re- recently he didn't really appear on Raw since McFoley, like when he attacked McFoley, uh, but it's appeared more in SmackDown. Like he appeared the SmackDown following, he appeared on SmackDown challenging like Septon Finn's challenge. Like uh, he, he was in the ring making these challenge and. God love Finn, but he's not a good promo guy. No, he's a pitch promo guy. Because, like, we and my brother always take the piss whenever Finn makes a promo, because we always call back to this one promo he cut in NXT, uh, when he when he lo- his first appearance in NXT was losing the NXT title to Samoa Joe, because he's had two matches before they had the match where he lost. And he basically, this, to sum up the promo, it's this, and I'm sorry if any Irish listeners listening, but I'm going to have to do the accent, because that completes it. Like, we had a, we had, we had a match in London... And all you won. And then we had a match in Dallas. And all you won. And then we had another oh, match. Won. And he won. But next time we have a match, all you will win. And if you watch the promo, that is basically me summing up the promo in like 10 seconds. And you've answered the question many people have. This is why we need Bray Wyatt. <laughs> he is one of the few in the current federation but, that can cut a promo. Like, like we think we find like, God, so every time we say, oh, I found Balak at the promo, like, well done. So, so my brother and then they were like, "Oh, I found I was gonna fight this person," and then we immediately go, "And he'll win." <laughs> Just... No, no because see... hopefully he'll have match with Bray, and Bray will win. <laughs> Bray, I can't stop doing the accent. Bray is just Bray is just something else. Yeah, you know, and on top of talking about Bray, I'd just quickly like to mention the brutal. Assault. Brutal assault on Seth Rollins mm-hmm. because, like, and I'll I'll tell you, it. It really did. I mean, it's not even, it's not 100% level. It really did take me back to some of the scenes you used to get on Attitude and Ruthless, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you have them coughing up blood and, like... Uh, I like crowd and the atmosphere weren't there, though. No, it's That's a modern crowd, but you get you get the feel, I mean... Well, the, well, post-Blizzard coming out, they were sitting through Dolph Ziggler v Seth Rollins, a match 
You've seen about 20 billion times by and this that point. that fucking Dolph Ziggler prick. What did he do? He fucking... He it's walked out to Shawn Michaels' theme. Like... He came out to Shawn's music after fucking super-kicking Michaels in the face on Miz TV the other yeah, week. Because... We're going to be building weirdly to Miz be Dolph for whatever reason. Uh, at SummerSlam, like... Miz needs an angle. Like the Raw after... Uh, Extreme Rules... After one uh one squashed Dolph in like ten seconds, mm. uh, Miz had him on Miz TV and Ziggler just started going in on Miz saying that he's sold out, he's a hack, like and then he's and then he started talking about Maurice and then that's when Miz like turned him like like don't you fucking I don't talk about my box and then show me on Miz TV and uh, like I said you're. Cindy Michael, you're, you're just sad when I look at you like, this is sad than watching Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and then Michael's went, what's sad is dedicating your your career to being a second-rate Shawn Michaels. <laughs> but then Dolph's <laughs> response was, there's only one second-rate Shawn Michaels and I'm looking at him. And went, and which the response should have been by somebody Truth. like... Truth. <laughs> the response should have been, what, am what, I holding up a mirror? Mm. See, why was that not their comeback? I would have been cheesy, but I know that thing is that'd have been a that'd have been a Marty Jannetty level comeback. <laughs> what am I hold up mirror? No, I'd just be nineties wrestling. I'd be total throwback. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, so there's we some people are implying that somehow the whole red it's a red hair and the whole Miz Ziggler thing. You that they think it's going to be Ziggler and Sean? Possibly, or Goldberg will come out and kill him for insulting him on. Right. Well, it's hard. if it comes down to Miz, if it comes down to Sean and Ziggler, it's hardly going to be a hair v hair match, is it? See, know what's annoying? I know it's annoying, you're annoyed about Sean, like, cutting his hair. But you know, what, know what's most annoying? Because there's a joke I'll, I would have loved to have made about a match between the two. And now because Sean's got his hair, I can't make it. Ah. The joke was going to be, what if they two had a match? I think the guy with long hair who throws a super kick will win. And now <laughs> I can't. Now, now it just has to be, I think, the guy who throws a super kick one, but you can say that about just about any match nowadays because everyone does a fucking super kick. Do you know what is. And that's why I don't watch modern wrestling. It's all the same match, yeah. just different. But I've got to say, as much as I hate the fact that Dolph does that, because mm-hmm. he particularly does it. Uh-huh. Dolph actually does it pretty well. Well, I was about, well, that's what I was about to say. He, he does it better he, than most. He does a mean fucking super kick. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think, honestly, Dolph Ziggler has a severe hard on for Sean. Because he, he is basically the mirror image of the man in the 90s. He's, and I mean, heel Sean, he's a cocky and, bastard. I mean, Sean got, got a bit of it in the 90s. He could, all, he could possibly be Ziggler's star. And do you know the, the only difference between Sean and Ziggler? If is. Ziggler had been <laughs> who he is now, in the 90s, he would have been money, man. Yeah, he would have been serious version, money. There was a version of, of Dolph back in the day. He was called Sean Michaels. That's the whole issue well, here. That's what I mean. You know, and he was money, Dolph is not. But then it, it proves a glaring point, actually. Yeah. Shawn Michaels wouldn't he be as successful in the modern age as he was then? Well, no, he would have been successful. It's just, you're like, it's also like an example of if you don't properly book Shaw as a top guy, then you end up with someone like Dolph like a for a bit and then just whines for the rest of his career. Yeah. Well, what was what was Shawn two-time... No. Two-time IC? Two-time IC, two two, uh... Two or three, was it? I think he might have been three or four, actually. Ah, well, a multiple IC title run, three-time uh, WWF champion. He was three-time tag champion. He won it twice with Diesel and once with... No, four with 
Well, I'm, I'm talking WWF, I'm talking before WWE. Because right. they're separate titles. Yeah, yeah they, they are. You've got well, well, when you won the world, the unified titles, the red ones were technically a continuation but different design of oh, the old no. WWF titles. I still think you have belts that matter and ones that don't so much. No, because the one that he won when he came back mattered. That was the World Heavyweight Championship. That was the WCW belt. Mm. You know? That was his last major one. Because he, he won out the titles occasionally after that, but he was never. I don't think he, when he came back, he really wanted to be a champion. He was just think, happy to work with younger guys. I think guys. a few times he was in contention. Like, he had a well, really yeah, good ladder match with Chris Jericho. He was always in contention. He'd always put a good match on for the tail, but I think he was more concerned with just working with new people, I think, yeah. when he came back. Being honest, though, like, like I say, see that Armageddon 2002? Yeah. I've got that on tape, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, Sean with that belt, it just does not look right with that belt. You know? I never really got a chance to start looking right because he lost it. With no, I know. It's just Sean, the belt was so big on him. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? It was like a, it was like a, you know, like when you see a featherweight boxer wearing a belt. And I think, like, I always hark back to the thing when you've seen Triple H wearing that belt. It looked like the belt was moulded to him, you know what I mean? It, it, that was his belt, man. Pretty much was moulded to him with how often he had oh, I know, at I know. That was part of his costume, it was his ring. Oh, uh, I know, almost. I know. Like, but Triple, then H comes out with it, like, Triple H, why are you naked? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, you fucking, you see the belt on Triple H, you know, like, this big, solid motherfucker, right? He's basically like Lemmy on steroids, let's face it. Even though he's a clean athlete, he doesn't take nothing like that, but I'm... Just emphasising the point here, you know what I mean? A big, hulking, beastie of a man, of a man mm-hmm. with a perfect title belt right. on him, and he just, he, and he fucking owned that belt, man. You know? The only thing he ever did wrong, in my opinion, is the World Heavyweight title. Well, with WWE, he did wrong, was fuck up with Booker T thing. Yeah. Like, Booker should have won that belt then, <laughs> but... He did win it later on, fair play, but he should have won it then when he was, yeah. he was white hot, you know? Mm-hmm. you know? But other than that, Triple H was made for that goddamn belt. And then but you like, take it off Triple H and you put it on Sean and you go, you damn me Triple H's belt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I think it took him until like Batista or something like that for somebody to win it who looked as good if not better than Triple H because mm. Goldberg looked kind of alright because he tells the WCW version. Mm. Then you had Benoit... Yeah, Orton. Orton wasn't really the same guy yet. No. Yeah. Yeah, Batista at WrestleMania. So. Did Did you like Batista as a champ? I think he he did alright as champ. Many times he came on it. I think he won the world version four time. Yeah, four. Mm. Many times. Triple H is a thirteen time champ, isn't he? No, fourteen. Fourteen. Right. Orton's the thirteen time. It's fourteen, and then Flair. Oh. Technically, Flair claims for the Mid-Times end we change and some things aren't recognised actually more than 16, but that's him. So it goes... And then, and then and obviously, Cena was 16 as well. I thought Cena was only 15. No, 16. Like, we've been over this before. He won it when he beat Styles. Oh, was 16, right, 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 right. And he even had Charles Robinson, because Charles Robinson was Little Nate back in WCW. Little Nate. <laughs> I remember that. That was cool. And fucking Randy Savage nearly killed him with an elbow drop because he didn't know how to properly protect his cell. And he probably his fucking roidy arm fucking right in these people bony chests. I read, I read about that on one... Well, I watched it on one of the YouTube things. It was like wrestling fuck-ups. Mm-hmm. You know that you know we referee Charles Robinson, Aye. the wee blonde, the blonde guy? guy? Aye. Apparently, 
Macho went for his big flying elbow, mm-hmm. and like he says, the wee guy didn't know how to properly take the move. Well, Macho broke his fucking sternum. Uh, like, cracked it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think how heavy Macho is, and how fucking, like he said, how roided the cunt's arm was. And like a wee tiny, tiny Charles Robinson. But uh, basically to, got crushed under the weight of Macho. But back to the Lesnar thing, like, the, thing, the smart thing we said was the whole him coughing up blood, because yeah. it's a smart way, I think things like that, and possibly hard way, if you need to do uh, it. I think the sound of him, like, you see when he was like, like hacking up and hack like I, as if his lungs were done like, or something. Like these are creative ways of like because of adding blood into situations that haven't mm. fucking have cunts cutting their it, head, cutting their forehead it, up. I, I was about to say it proves that too. Mm. You know, like less is more. What do you think of the idea of like wrestlers using like blood caps as like if they're bleeding from the mouth or from the nose? Like, do you remember Roman did it back I, in twenty sixteen? The way he... I see it, right, wrestling at its base core is an art form, right. What is a blood bag? What is it's like blood in a movie? You know what I mean? We all know it's no real, and sometimes, like fair enough, you can have some wrestling companies and promotions like you, like Blade and blah blah blah, right? I mean, we've all seen the extreme Japanese wrestling on YouTube and they're beating each other with fucking barbed wire and shit. You know what I mean? Like some of the wrestlers you see and they've got they've scarred to buggery, you know. Just like Cactus Shag taken to the extreme. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like I say, you don't need that. Less is more. I mean, fair enough, Seth could have legit been bleeding, mm-hmm. right? Could well, have been. Well, the way he landed on that chair, he probably could have, yeah. I mean, that is just nasty, man. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, like, you look at that a couple of years ago, that would have been done on a flat chair. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I will give you chairs, but we'll not really give you chairs, you know? We'll give you the viciousness, but not really give you the well, viciousness. Depending on, but depending on the angle. The flat chair not being vicious. I remember the DDT onto the flat chair. Aye, depends on what aye, angle. Especially if you're being spun out with the FI, depending on what yeah, angle you land on. It, it reminds me of, like, you remember the SummerSlam 2 match between Sean and Triple H? Mm-hmm. See, like, knowing full well, like, they put so much story into that match. Aye. And knowing full well that Sean's history with his back, right? See that point in the match where Triple H picked him up and gave him a fucking side slam on, back first onto the chair, mm-hmm. and you heard Sean like like really, Aye. really see? like like ah like that kind of way, just like Seth was doing. Mm-hmm. It, see when a wrestler can sell, Aye. it's called acting. Like like that's why I'm saying about the blood pack. It does like you could be bust up, you could be spitting a blood pack, whatever. As long as you can make people believe that shit. Aye. Then that is money, you know? Oh, well, I have to admit, blading is part of that art form. I'm on the side of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, talk, I'm, I'm like, I'm for, I'm like, I'm open to both ah. things, you know what I mean? I'm, you blood pack, you blood pack. Mm-hmm. If you blade, you blade, it's still, as long as you can make me believe that well, shit. The one thing, if you use the kind of blood pack and if you're able to discreetly do it enough, you have that thing of people wandering. Did they legit get busted open? Mm. Or did they use... Because, like, the first issue was with the whole Roman thing was... I thought it looked cool when he was his nose was all busted because he apparently did have a legit injury, but part, it was mostly due to a blood cap, so, right? Oh, yeah. But, like, people thought, oh, that's cool, and then a lot of people complained because somebody was positioned behind the contrary when they were filming, and they caught Byron Saxon, like, getting the wee blood cap, so and handed it to Roman. Roman oh, so some, to. some 
Diddy with a camera phone again going, oh, oh, look, I've caught that, oh. There's some arse that's here. basically spoiling it for everybody. Aye. By the way, this isn't real, by the way, like, and then, <laughs> and then, and then they probably hear from people who don't watch it, isn't that not real? No, it's not, it's predetermined. Like, well, then why are you posting videos ruining the angles then? Aye, why, why, why ruin the fantasy? Aye. If you're going to ruin it, then why are you watching it? So watching a film stand up during the middle of it. By the way, that's a stunt man. By the way. I know it's not really him doing that. Aye. Oh, he's not really deed. No, this is Jackie Chan. He does all his own stunts. Uh, I did. I did watch wait, a funny thing in regards to that the other day. Um, it was um, that's my phone battery going, but it was uh, Ed Bond. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, thing. Things you wouldn't hear in an action movie. Uh-huh. It was a. Uh, See, before we get on with the plan, do you think we should make sure Bond is dead? <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah. Like, I'd, I really enjoyed, like you said, the role under Heyman so far. It's actually been pretty good. You had that, you had uh, Gals and Anson win the Raw Tag titles and a triple threat with the Revival and the Usos. Pretty had, solid match, too. You had the five-way gauntlet, uh, Ricochet beating Ray and that, that finish. Cesaro and Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. I just, when it was cool. Uh, Ray did quite well. I think Ray got three in a row before he eventually got tanned. Uh, I, he beat Cesaro, then he beat, he quickly rolls up Sami Zayn and then he, he got beat by and Ryan. Ryan pretty much tore his mask almost completely off. And then uh, yeah, Cesaro, sorry, Andrade v Ricochet. Mm, that finish with that mm-hmm. ricochet, that guy does a, what is his, a 360? 630 this spin. A 630 spin. Mm-hmm. Six, and you see the speed? Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute, I'll show you the fucking, the 630 is a thing of beauty. You know, like when you, well, what I was just talking about, make me believe it. Uh, <sighs> like, what a move. I, like he's, I, I recommend, like, at some point when you get the network and you watch NXT, you eventually at some point watch TakeOver New Orleans. Is the opening match is a six-man ladder match to crown the first North American champion, Damn. and it's Ricochet's first official match and part of NXT. And he's like, he's climbing the ladder, right, and someone's starting to push the ladder. Over. He looks at the people outside, so as it's the ladder starting to fall, he just minsults <laughs> off to the outside. Or like the bit on NXT where on the dreams on the the ramp, and he's tr- running down. Ricochet's saying, "Oh, you're all like anything you can do, I can do better." So Ricochet runs to the ropes. Dies out the ring and just lands on his feet, and the look of shock on the dream's face. And Ricky just walks up to him, grabs him, and goes, Then prove it. <laughs> like, basically, like, Well, you fucking go do it then. Were you sitting there when you were looking away there trying to visualise a 630? <laughs> what were you doing? Lamenting the fact that there's blue sky outside. Lamenting that? Lamenting it. Uh-huh. Most I've, uberly. I've, I've, I've just got to the point where I don't care. Also, <laughs> You see what happened with the twenty four seven title? Aye, aye. We had a mosh pit, big time. It basically it's pregnant, lumberjack. Pregnant woman won it. The lumberjacks are in basically like straight maverick, and his wife are like, "Oh, she's had some wrestling experience. She's an actual wrestler, you know." And yet no one acknowledges it. Yeah. She's in the Mae Young Classic. She's winner in the first round, but still t- against Archers and Carmella. The Archers retains. Make Ken Ellis while all the scrambles going on. Like it's a big pile on, so you can't tell who's actually got the cover. Aye. And he just emerges under this pile of bodies with a belly. I did it. And then can I? Can I? Yeah. 
So Mike Kanellis, right, and remind me, what's the general story of Mike Kanellis, right? He's, he's mostly on 205 Live, but... Mostly on the Cruiserweight show, right? And his wife's kind of, Maria's kind of been running her down saying, like, he's a loser because he keeps losing. No, uh, his wife's a bitch, right? Maria. He went backstage. He's hiding in the locker. Hiding in the locker. And his wife comes in. Uh-huh. And she goes... So, I don't know it specifically, and I don't really care to know it specifically, but she goes... Along the lines of, right, I'm your pregnant wife. I want our baby to be born a champion. Real pregnant or kid? No, she's really pregnant. She's real pregnant. She's really pregnant. But I want our baby to be born a champion, so. No, she wants her wants to be a born where a parent that's a champion. Like, she thinks she's better suited than you. She thinks she's better than him, basically. And she goes like that, ref, ref, come here. And then she goes, right, lie down. Lie down on your back. And she just puts her fit on him. And the ref goes, <laughs> and then she basically walks up to all the guys like, "What? You, would you be willing to pin a pregnant woman for the title?" I hope someone gives her a chair shot. <laughs> well, it, it looked like Braun Strowman was thinking about doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they would. Hopefully, he gets past the. I think they would. I really shouldn't part. <laughs> I think, I think they would give her a chair shot if she wasn't legitimately pregnant. Though, yeah, if it was right. a kayfabe thing, they make. Fucking Gene Snitsky. I'm like the Frankie Boyle of this podcast. You, you sound more like fucking Gene Snitsky when you talk about that. <laughs> Uh, you want to bring Gene Snitsky back up with a fucking chair? Be, it wasn't his fault. Be happy, though, that you don't actually look like Gene Snitsky. Easy. If, he, if he did, though, it wouldn't be his fault. No, it'd be Gene Snitsky's fault. I remember a wrestling game with a character called Snitsky, but other than that, I know not. Yeah, well, that was Snitsky. Gene Snitsky. I actually enjoyed playing as him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but was a bit of a brute. Aye, that was his only thing, though. He didn't have much... Character as such. It gave him a weird gimmick of him being into feet for a while. That was a weird. That <laughs> that will get you over. Uh, anyway, your role was good. I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. I'm sure you are as well. Very much so. <laughs> and like, you know what? You know what? Way with SummerSlam, mm-hmm. like when there's a match coming up and you pretty much know the outcome, mm-hmm. and you're happy with the fact that you know that. Fucking Lafiend versus Balor's coming up. Mm-hmm. There is, there is, there is a few rumours going about that Balor's going to come out as a demon. So he is wrestling as the Fiend. He's not Bray Wyatt. No, he's not Fiend. fiend. He's the Fiend. Mm-hmm. Do you think he will wrestle as both? I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think he will. I think the swear version of Bray will mainly be promoted. Like, remember, there are a lot of people who immediately when they seen the Firefly Funhouse compared them to Mister Rogers. Oh, yeah. And like, and they're, and they're making a film about Mr. Rogers, uh, where, uh, played, he's going to be played by Tom Hanks, and just, I watched something of him pretending being Mr. Rogers as he does his TV show, I was like, yeah, I can, I can see it, I can see if, if you went mental, you'd be like Bray. But, you've just reminded me of a perfect line to use in regards to Bray and the Firefly Funhouse, the line for Demolition Man. When when uh, Simon Phoenix is talking to the, the boss man, he's like, That's what you remind me of. An evil Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so I think he'll just be in, like, promos. And, like, mm. I don't know if you've seen Trish Stratus randomly coming back. Cause it's no, I didn't oh, see that. She, she's, it's her versus Charlotte because they want Charlotte in the car. It's like, Trish, you're, you, you're somewhat athletic. You do yoga now. 
and oh, trust Stratus, you're no doing nothing anymore. You're, you're, you're for Canada. You used to have big tits and be in the weather, and then we made you a in brackets wrestler. <laughs> Victor- Victoria now? was a much better wrestler than her. Well, if you're talking that era, Ivory was one of the better wrestlers. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm laughing at the silence, not the notion of Ivory. <laughs> you may laugh at that because there was so little choice between them. They were all just... No, Victoria, candy. Ivory... They had, they had Gail Kim and did nothing with her both times she was in the company. Oh, and oh. she's been really critical of the company, like... Her, her, her beat. She's one of the few people who put better than TNA with WWE. Oh, of the, of yeah. people who have been in both companies. Her and currently EC3 looks bored as shit. Oh, she EC3. Yeah. Like, she, she was the first ever like, women's champion. That's another perfect example of somebody that's came for TNA and been a beast and is getting horribly misused at the yeah. minute. Samoa like, Joe. Right. Say about EC3. Like I say, the WWE have too much talent to use it all. EC3, there's a. There's a Footage you look at on online, it's a side by side thing. It's him out and one of the takeovers when he comes out and he points up T Central and E, C, and V because he's all full of energy, he's all mm. up to go. And there's a thing for me, a match on main event where he comes out, he just looks so bored, just plays down like, eh, hey. just like he looks like I'm just counting the days on my contract right now. <laughs> Do you think he's one that might go to Cody's I don't, thing? I don't know, he's basically been punished because. He was fighting Ambrose when Ambrose was on his way out and people were cheering for Ambrose so they're like, he couldn't get the crowd behind him. He's obviously shite now. When, like, he's not meant to be a face. Ah, he's, he's meant, meant to, to be a heel. He's not meant to not speak. He's meant to be a cocky heel who constantly runs away and can back it up in the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember EC3 being a cocky heel in TNA and basically kicking that rock star spud about. Well, you are saying, like, as much as I'm looking for SummerSlam takeover Toronto that they're you know, that's, kind of, that's looking really good. Like, just to remind him about Rockstar Spuds, remember when we were watching that thing with Mick Foley? Remember the Mick Foley Fiend thing? Nah. And then all the 24 7 wrestlers ran through and you thought one of them was a Wayne? Aye. Aye, that's Rockstar Spud. Or Drake Maverick. Or Drake Maverick, as he's called now. Aye, because, like, looking at the card for Diego, uh, you've got a three stages of Hell match, or it's not called that. Basically, it's called the two or three balls match, but they've said there's going to be different stipulations. Mm. Oh no, but they haven't officially called it that though, that's what I'm saying. <coughs> uh, you have Gargano uh, challenging Adam Cole in it. I'd, you have Gargano picking a civilization, he's picked a street fight. Cole's picked a playing wrestling match because Johnny's called Johnny Wrestling, so like, I'm going to beat you at your own game, I'm just going to out wrestle you. Right. And uh, William Meagle's going to pick the third civilization, we haven't announced it yet, but some people have talked online, is it going to be a Duchess of Queensbury rules match? <laughs> Which I think would be quite funny. Uh, you've got Velveteen... A boxing match? <laughs> no. Like, you've got Velveteen Dream defending his title against Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. Uh-huh. They're doing this cool thing called the NXT Breakout Tournament. They've got eight new guys who have been on Comfortinis but have been based in the Performance Centre mm. and put them in a tournament with the finals at TakeOver and winner immediately gets a title shot of their choosing. And they've got a guy called... He used to be called Sam Shaw... On the Indies, he's called Dexter Loomis in NXT. And he's basically, he's got this creepy, like, serial killer, which is basically from Dexter. He comes out with, like, rubber gloves on. He comes with weird, he's got wide eyes, and he's built as from an undisclosed location. It's like a modern era version of from Parts Unknown. Yeah. Like, 
Right, like, we don't know where he came from. He just walked in the door. Like, like you think now? I just showed up. Look, I, when I look at him, like I look, <laughs> when I look at him, when I look at him, he's like, no, we're the stalker. They ran like they these minutes of the stalker and then made the stalker a face. Like if they if they made the stalker a sinister heel, he could probably be Dexter Loomis. Yeah. What didn't he become a new blackjack as well? Who <laughs> Dexter? No. No, like the stalker Barry Windsor. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was he was a new blackjack. I think because his dad was in the, and then uh, GBL was only out because the other blackjack you was hanging out with the other blackjack and somebody joked back say you, you kind of look like he could be your kid, so that's how he ended up in the. Yeah. New blackjack. Oh, he's a Bruce Pritchard. That's how it happened. Mm-hmm. The new blackjack should have been good. Completely was sucky. Yes, because because they immediately when you put the word new in front of something. Ah. Like, we've been talking for quite a while, and we, I remember, I'm pretty sure we thought we talked about doing our movie discussion thing, and yeah, I think we've talked for, we've rambled so much on this episode. We have, this is, what, what is it you're going to call this episode? This is the ultimate ramble part two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> electric Boogaloo. the ultimate ramble, fuck the first one. <laughs> well, no, fuck the first one. Show some respect to Craig. <laughs> Aye, Craig was good, man. And we won, we won the exactly party like show the first thing, we just got high and kind of... You were off in your own fucking conversations in that one. Aye. I feel like I've contributed all this time. I'm Aye, but last time, last time you're just high and fucking. With who? Me? Prove wait, it. Wait, wait, <laughs> back. Flirting. Wait, who? Wait, Craig, who the fuck do you think? <laughs> fucking <laughs> You don't think I'm a flirting with Craig, are you, Christ? It's oh, called it's... comedy. <laughs> What is? I mean, you should get it. You have two funny bones at least. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, just the immediate head turn the way you looked at me like, huh? Oh, okay. I'm dirty. See, Brian liked that so much he was talking shit over. But anyway, we have, we have rambled a lot. Yeah, we have rambled a lot. It's my turn for a song this time. Uh-huh. What is your musical choice? My musical choice is going to be Be Quiet and Drive Far Away by the Deftones. Alright. Fair enough. This is this is not the episode I thought we were going to be doing before we... But it was a good one. It was a good one. Was so a good we, one. Talked, we talked a lot about confectionery and stupid shit. We did. And there was very little vulgarity. Hmm. I'm, I'm very proud of you, Scott. And I'm going to speak up now because I'm sure I'm mostly going to be edited out, but thank you for listening. <laughs> Yes, thank you for... Was, you don't get to speak. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd, I thank you for being here, Brian, but you're basically, you were already sitting there, you just happened to be sitting there as we were recording, so like... Yeah. Thanks for sitting there. Yeah. You, you merely recorded my hijinks and hilarity. I was going to say, well, well, it would be quite dickish of us to say, sit there and shut up, we're recording now. Aye. Just sit there and smoke. <laughs> you, zippity, zippity, and just stop recording. Now you may speak. <laughs> Quiet, you. Yes. <laughs> What the bloody hell? Quiet, you. But I, I will say, and Brian will probably appreciate this before we finish, much like when we do a show with Craig, Yeah. I, I do feel that, that another voice on the show does does add a little giggle to it. It does. You know? And I, we, I, I'll give a shout out to Craig too. Mm-hmm. Hope to have you back on the show in the future, man. I do, I get what you're saying about having other voices on. And we might have I mean, other voices on maybe as soon as in the next couple of weeks. Maybe. That's a wee teaser for you. Mm-hmm. But before we go, I want to give one more story. I forgot, I should have mentioned it at the start, but we're talking about all sorts. I didn't 
have a place oh, to put it in. With tea cakes. It was a story about having me during the week, right? And I went round... Oh, did you forget to put your pen in and all? No. <laughs> Last Friday, I went round to my friend Quacko's house. Uh, because I grew up with Feet Seat Servets Retreat. We're all going to go he, and watch... He is a big loud gentleman from yes. Eat, Feed... Eat, Sleep, Servets Retreat. Eat, Sleep, Servets Retreat. Fucking hell. Repeat. Anyway, he... A <laughs> bunch of us... Retreat. A bunch of us were all going to go... To see Shug's House Party ICW show on, at the O2 Academy mm. uh, on the Saturday and Sunday. It's a great venue, the O2 Academy. I've only been there for wrestling, but I was like, it's one of the things, like, it's weird how many music venues lend themselves to wrestling shows as well, because Progress down in England mo- were mostly like rock venues or music mm. venues down there. Like, like we're so, and the, the t- we're two Dutch pals, Jory and Tom, were coming over for the show, so like it was always. Is wanted everybody room for a dinner party for a while, so he said everybody come run the mines on the Friday. I'll cook this big beef roast and all that. Um. He had pigs in blankets. I love a good pigs in blanket. Me. <laughs> anyway, he was there. So when I was smashing and getting everyone, we walked in and a couple of the guys, the Dutch lads and a couple of the other guys from the podcast, were all playing Quackers and Nintendo sixty four. They were all playing Mario Kart. Cool. And then I then I was like, oh, I'll sit in for a game. And Tom, like a right. Couldn't and I love you, Tom. I honestly do. But if you play, if you do this when you're playing Mario Kart with friends, you're a cunt as well. <laughs> he, Tom went to pick a level. He picked Rainbow Road, possibly the hardest level. Even if you're good at Mario Kart, it is the hardest level. And I kept banging into the walls. I only ever remember the SNES version, but it was a magma style level that I found the hardest in Mario Kart. Like, like I played it on the Wii. Like I. Not played the Nintendo 64 in fucking years. Mm. Even then, when I was, I was away when I played it, and even then, I mostly used it to play Pokemon Stadium, and that was about it. So or like, you or like the, the game yet you moaned about the anime earlier. And yet, hypocrite much. I, I didn't play, play the anime. I he complained. About it. He he agreed. I said it was weird. Didn't say it was bad. <laughs> but anyway, I, I played that in some weird uh, Star Wars related racing game. I that was about it. Goldeneye. Lots. So, like, I'm, really tr- so I'm trying to figure, try and figure out the controls, and I've got given the hardest fucking level, and I'm banging it in the bastard walls. And then we played this game. I don't know if you've ever heard of this game. It's called Quiplash. 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 Yes. Quiplash. 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 Is that a game? No, like you've heard of the game Cards Against Humanity. I've heard of this recently. Yes. You know heard of Cards Against Humanity. You'd love that game, Paul, because oh, basically, like, you get a card, right, there's a card and it says, like, somebody says, it's basically a sentence, right, and there's a blank in it, right, or name <laughs> a something, right, and basically the object of the game, you win around by giving the harshest option possible, or being, oh, like, being the rudest be, option like, possible. For example, the world will be ended by blank, and you have a card that says, Subo, global warming, <laughs> fascism... <laughs> And Jamie like, Oliver. Basically, yeah. the, basically the rudest thing or the meanest thing you can put in, like, like basically it's a way, it's an easy way to find out who has the darkest side to them of of all your friends. Yeah. Maybe one day Jamie Oliver might slip and all that oil he spills about his food and whack his skull off a cooker or something. <laughs> but anyway, you should edit that. Well, I dark, just hope but... his hair products melt into his eyes guys, one day. <laughs> guys, I'm just gonna give him just mention the story and then we'll wrap up, all right? Okay. okay. So, I really have to pee. <laughs> Anyway, he, uh, right, we should, come on. Anyway, I'm gonna that out. But 
made a quick list basically uh, on a video game version of that where everybody connects it through their phones, right? And like mm. everybody, in the first couple of rounds, everybody gets two questions, right? Two people will get like the same questions, everybody else will get like similar questions, right? And you like, you give your answer, right? And on the screen, the question will appear and the two people's answers, they won't say whose answers they are. It'll just be long. It'll just like, the answer, right? Uh, and then everybody has a few, everybody like votes who they think the best and they'll come up, this person did it and then these, everybody else, it shows how many votes each yeah. got, right? And at the end of each round, you get a thing. And then the last question is something everybody does. Mm. So everybody gives an answer. You need to give like your third best, second best, first best, first best, right? And basically all the scores are calculated, and then mm. let's see who gets so that main Yeah, it was quite cool. Like you get, it's weird to see how dark people can go, right? And <laughs> after a few rounds, then I started getting really dark. Like another, I don't know if I should edit this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. But this is the object of the game. You need to be dark, right? Another term for puberty will be called something time. And my option was Savile. Savile time. Yeah. <laughs> and like, forgive me if I'm wrong, like, I don't think this next one was as dark as everybody else made it to be. It was, upon losing to the hare, the tor- what did the tortoise do? Or like, what, was it the hare or the tortoise? I can't remember which one. Tortoise one. The hare lost. I had the, the, upon losing to the tortoise, what did the hare do next? And I put, pump the tortoise small. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was kind of like, everybody was like, "Fuck's sake!" So I was like, "What's wrong with that one?" Well, uh, uh, you won, you won the race, but I'm shouting your mom. <laughs> 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 no, you still win. <laughs> See, uh, that's funny. But like, it was the object of like the game. Or, like there would be ones where I was already and I was I was had didn't have a lot of points, so I thought, "Oh fuck, I've nothing to lose. I'll just write out this the rat first thing that comes to my head." And like there was a couple, I can't actually. Remember, but I'm not going to mention them on here. I'll talk to you off there. <laughs> but there, were, there was one time where I gave these two answers, but before they could come up, the game fucking froze, and then we had to reset. So I never got to use those answers, and I thought I would have won that round easily. That was good answers, man. People would have hated me for that. We were like Scott. Maybe we shouldn't hang out as much anymore. I, should, I would be tired and feathered and thrown out. But for whatever reason, there was a running joke like directed to people who were in the group, right? Yeah. And for whatever reason, somebody made a joke about my arse, <laughs> or me being really somebody fuck somebody raping me in the arse or some something related to that. You had to be there to make sense of oh, it. You, you just had to be there. Something, some, something painful and to the point. Something painful about my arse. <laughs> and then from then on, for the next few rounds. The go-to answer to get points was mention something to do with Scott's laughs. <laughs> to the point where I became numb to it, pun intended, yes. That's a funny I story. Wouldn't, I wouldn't like to have a normal <laughs> that's, that's something that happened to me on during the week. It was a funny anecdote. Paul, <laughs> Paul raced after the men and <laughs> and I, people made jokes about my arse. To the point where the next day I sat down at Spoons when I met up with the guys before the show and they're like, Scott, how's your arse? <laughs> Well, for when for when we have wrapped up, I have some some good stuff to tell you. I don't think I can say it on the show. Though. Right. It's a it's a thing. Fifty fucked up jokes you should never tell your easily offended friends. Well, yeah, we will save that for the, once we are wrapped up. Yes, yes. but uh, remember you can enjoy this episode and all episodes, including the first Ultimate Ramble, on all good Android podcasting sites. Hey, Anchor, compare iTunes, them. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify. You can find all the links to that on our Twitter page at SPRM. You can get me. That's gone code nineteen ninety six. I basically retweet everything on this page. And you like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast.
Yeah. And we're going to be doing uh, quite a few, well, a lot of uh, SummerSlam related things. Hell yeah. We're going to be rooting and making predictions for this year's SummerSlam. We're going to be doing a retro SummerSlam. We're going to leave you surprised as to what year yeah. that is going to be. And we've got plenty more to come, so all that's left to do is thank Brian. Thank you. Paul. Yup. And we'll see you next time. Yep. See ya. Bye bye.